Um, I don't know if it's on. Is it on? Does it say it's on for you? Yeah, man. Yeah, it's just yeah. on. So how are you doing, James? I'm good, bro. How are we, lad? I'm all right. <laughs> I should say we've had the, we've been talking for about an hour, would you say, before this? So yeah, probably. A fake introduction, but how do we know each other? I'll let you introduce. How do we know each other? Fucking yeah. hell, bro. That's me a big question. Uh, we know each other through... Uh, I think it was just being kids, being pissed. And then we just... Yeah. Best mates after that, lad. Yeah, I won't say... Oh, shit. <laughs> I won't say kids, lad. I'd say, te- I'd say what we are. Yeah, 14. <laughs> kids make it kids. sound we're like fucking eight, chugging back, fucking Smirnoff. <laughs> <laughs> no, we are about 14. We were, don't we? And then ever since then, bro, not look, really looked back, have we? No. It's been flying since then, lad. Yeah. A whole lot of uh, stupid situations we have ended up in. Yeah. So what What are you up to now? What's your, what do you do as a job? Uh, currently, uh, well, I've been working as a healthcare assistant in the hospital, uh, saving lives over the past two years whilst COVID's been on, mate. Uh, but recently I've got a new job working for Macmillan. Uh, so I'll be like a point of contact for all cancer patients, uh, trying to better them and make them see a positive outlook because fair enough, it might be a big dirty cloud that's over the red, but there's always going to be like speckles of sunlight what shine through. So I've got to try and make them see that kind of side of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. What how's, would you... how's life, Ed? How's life for me? Mm. It's all right. Yeah. Uh, chilling today. I was working this past week. I've got, I've got back in the flow of things after last month's deportation that kind of fucked everything up to be honest i've told you about that no no oh well here we go i'll tell you the story so we we applied for a partnership visa me and christina so well i'd get the visa but the main one that we went for you could either go for like a business visa as if no list or something but you'd have to apply in a different country and because we live together we thought we'll get a partnership visa is basically I'm a family member of an EU citizen citizen Jesus because if you're in a relationship with someone you can apply for that visa so it was like the 90 days you have 90 days now after Brexit to stay in a Schengen in the Schengen zone and I was approaching the end of that so I was starting to get my documents ready and the job I've been doing they were like well I can work but they'll just pay me once like the the visas sorted and it was like yeah it was a fair deal it was like okay i'll do that but then as it got closer and closer the more people were telling me like, oh it's difficult getting this visa it's quite hard to get it and we've kind of got all the documents ready we went on the day to apply and the guy who was going through it it was just like it's like they intentionally make it difficult than it actually is Okay, so they make it harder than it than it needs to be to get your visa. Yeah, so for example, there, there was one issue with the document, and it was the accommodation document, and it was Christina's accommodation agreement that she had, so her contract, but my name wasn't on it. And apparently, you needed a specific document. But when we talked to the guy, he was like, "You don't have this specific document." So I was like, "Well, how am I supposed to get it? It's not online. It's not anywhere." I where is it? How am I supposed to get it? And then we like we were, he was talking Czech to Christina and it was like they were mainly talking. But what happens with this? It's like yeah. 
they'll be talking, but what'll get translated is like a snippet. So it'd be like a, a minute conversation and he's saying all these things. And then Christine just turns to me, he's like, he says you have to leave. I was like, hang on, it sounds like he said more than that, to be honest. But then like she explained it and saying because there was an issue with this document that I had to then leave the Schengen zone. So initially he said I have to go back to the UK. So I was like, so what is this Schengen zone just like a safe place? No, no. So it's like um, I think it's 26 countries in Europe where there's border free travel. So for example, if I wanted to drive from Czech Republic to Poland, you could do. I could do without any border checks. Yeah, I think okay, it's yeah, yeah, because of COVID now. But Croatia isn't part of the Schengen zone, for example, or Romania isn't, or Ukraine. Um, but some of them countries are part of the EU, but not part of the border free travel. Okay, so UK isn't part of the Schengen zone. So yeah, I was like, shit, I'm going to have to go back. And I would have, been, have to come back in 90 days. So I was like, fucking hell, it's a bit heavy there. So like, I can't be asked going back, like flying back to England. And at the time, you still had to get PCR tests. And the only flight available was to London. So it was like fly back to London and then get... The PCR test, which because it was so like last minute, it was coming up to like 100 quid to get it sorted. Then it was getting the public transport from London Stansted to London and then to Wigan and then to come back potentially in a few weeks because it would have only it could have been sorted a lot quicker. It was getting close. I bought the flight to London and I think it was a tenner. I thought oh, it's fucking depressing this. And it, just, it was just miserable. And then I remember someone saying, actually, Croatia is not part of the Schengen zone. Yeah. Okay, so what I did, I bought a bus ticket from Prague all the way to Zagreb on like the last day instead of getting the flight. And then I just stayed in hostels and I paid for this like relocation services to go through the case. Yeah. They said that what had happened was that I was illegally deported because what when you apply for the visa, apparently you're not you don't even have to give that much evidence. As long as you've applied for the visa with yeah. with that form and you've gone and you've seen them, you've given them your passport, then you legally have the right to stay in the Czech Republic until they've reviewed that application. Right, okay. So they just deported you anyway. <laughs> yeah, so this guy was like <laughs> You're <laughs> off lads in a bit. <laughs> I was like, oh. So I just went I'd stayed in a hostel in Zagreb, met these Danish guys. I was chilling with them. Um, and then I went down to like Plitvitchka Lakes and I had a Skype call with this move to Prague company. But it's fucking, it just cost loads of money. I, I, I didn't go through them at first. What for the call? Yeah, okay. for a Skype call, it was like 85 fucking quid. Fuck that, bro. Yeah. So I was like, the reason, the reason why I didn't want to go through the relocation services is because when I'd spoken to people, everyone was saying, like, it's a fucking scam. Like, they just, well, you've just been scammed out of 85 quid for a fucking yeah. Skype call, bro. You know what I mean? But yeah, well, I got to that and they just said, oh, yeah, you didn't even have to leave the country. Um, so I was like, all right, buzzing. So you've been wrongly kicked out of a country what you're staying in, and then you're having to pay 85 quid for a Skype call to get back into the country you just got illegally kicked out yeah. of. Yeah, so <laughs> it was quite funny. And then once I was back within a week, to be honest, it was like, fucking hell, I'm going to be gone for a while here, but it was, the turnover was quite quick. But yeah, so then, then I was like, right, I might as well go. As soon as I found out, I might as well go back. Like, I was with all these people who were traveling, and it was like, it was pretty sound. But I just couldn't be asked. I was like, I need to go back to Prague. I've got the job now. I've got the job as the English teacher, so I just need to How's get. That teaching you? 
It's sound, to be honest. It's chilled out. Like, um, I'm not... Uh, yeah, well, it's like... Some days I'll start at, like, half eight and then finish at four. And then some days I might finish at half three. And then one, one day a week I finish at six, which is closed. But it's not like... With my old job, it was... Mentally draining. Yeah, it was just... It wasn't for me. And it was just like... I didn't, like, go into the office... I didn't like, I just didn't like my job, to be honest. It was decent to people, but actually when I was coming down, what I was doing, I was just like, oh, it feels a bit like a, a waste of time. It was just very uh, grown up job. Do you know what I mean? It was one of them fucking like jobs you have when you're 30 or, or older. Yeah, and it, I feel what you mean. It was beneficial. Like I was able to save money for it, from it. And I definitely wouldn't be here now without it. But it was just like, it wasn't for me. And I got my degree. I knew from the start that once I'd get the degree out of it, it was like, I'll just fucking leave, to be honest. And I just kind of played the corporate game of saying, like, yeah, yeah, it's going, I like it, it's going really nice. But realistically, you know what you wanted. Yeah, it was just get the degree and go. But halfway through the course, apprenticeship course, I was like, oh, I I don't really want to be doing this anymore. So I just thought I'll stick. Did you give up your other uni course? The musical engineering one. Yeah, so I was supposed to go to, it was the TMP college in Wigan. I was supposed to do sound engineering, and that's what I was going to do. So when I quit my job, I was, I was supposed to stay in Prague over the summer. So I was supposed to just do three months in Prague, come back from a course. But I got offered the job as an English teacher by Christine's auntie. And I was like, okay, that sounds pretty nice. I'll give that a go. And for what the I think the salary that I get here in comparison to like the cost of living is actually quite good. Like it's not a it's not a good UK wage, so to say, but what you get here like the cost in comparison of, to yeah. what you'd get here. Yeah, it's good. More. It's good. And that's living in the capital city as well. So pretty fucking cushy and i started yeah i'm stuck in wigan and still i'm still paying full expenditure for stupid shit you know what i mean (laughs) this little one bedroom apartment bro is breaking bank yeah well this is what it's like in this this one bedroom apartment here um like it's not that expensive but i think for for the cost in prague it might be i'd probably say similar as you if you know me because of the cost of living but so the reason that i you turned on the music was because I've been going to like jam sessions here and I've met lots of musicians like more than you'd meet in a Poland like who don't know like Bennett I knew Bennett in a Poland and like my drum teacher and a few like a few of my mates but it was there without more just pastime whereas here every night of the week there's always a jam session on or an open mic so I just thought uh, well can I get the benefit of music here rather than going back and doing a course and I also felt realistically it was too much of like a big step back from what I was doing. Do you feel more comfortable over there doing music in front of open people because obviously before we started this call obviously you told me that you were doing open mic so do you feel when you're doing open mic in the likes of Prague that people are going to be less judgmental about what you're about to sing because obviously back home People are very quick to stick the or in about things and try, like criticize and obviously try and not get you down, but obviously people's reactions can 
stimulate a process where in which you might not want to carry on you singing and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that, that that's that's I mean that that's my personal view on it because obviously I'm quite musical myself and I like when I've got something to say or something on my mind I like reverting to letting someone know through music. But mm-hmm. it when you think about putting that out or going to like an open mic in the UK you automatically the first thought to me first thought that comes to my head is oh what's everyone gonna say <laughs> but that's that's not the outlook you want to be having is it you know what I mean so yeah. for, for you personally do you feel that being in Prague that people are a lot more like just open to the thought of being like musical and trying to get shit off your mind um so the main reason I started doing it is because I remember I wrote in like my, you know what I say, do journaling where I just write down shit that's going on in my life. And I, I gave myself a, a target, say I want to go and do an open mic in like Liverpool or Manchester. Well, I just never did it because I was like, oh, my voice is shit. And I thought I need to get better at playing guitar. I need to do all these things. And then I thought, I just like slowly started doing it at jam sessions just to build up confidence. I was like, oh, I'll give it a try. I'm probably never going to see most of these people again. And then that's what I started doing, just going to like coffees on a Friday. And they have like a crowd of like 50, 60 people. I was doing it there. There's quite a lot of people. There's, it's a ballsy one that had so mad properties <laughs> for that, you know what I mean? Because that- I couldn't just start freestyling in front of sit. I mean, I could if I had like, I don't want to say pissed confidence, but pissed confidence, you know what I mean? Yeah, you, like- you have that like oomph about you. But yeah, I, I couldn't just walk up onto a stage and just start singing in front of 60 people you know what I mean but thinking about music and bro what if that goes from 60 to 60 fucking thousand you know what I mean like yeah like there was um one of my mates said like once you get to like 10 open mics you just stop it's just you stop caring it's like it comes natural to you so I think I've done like three now um and I'm, but now but now I've just got stuck into recording where I've got my interface and my new yeah. because that's the uh, the main goal is just like making music through that because it's fun uh, it's just like a new toy when i brought this back i'm just sat here just fucking playing around all day when is there like... an end goal there i don't know just making music I, I think that's one of the hardest questions joe what's the end goal what's the end game and for me i think it's just to try and make people understand that no matter how low it gets there's always like shit you can be doing or there's different ways to be looking at it you know what I mean I think that's that's my game when I try and put my my thoughts into music I'm trying to make everyone understand that no matter how dark the day is like there's always something to be happy about you know what I mean like you can have a 10 second stint in the day which people think about for the rest of the day and Mm -hmm. your day is like 82,400 seconds long, you know what I mean? And you're letting that 10 second thing ruin your fucking day, fam. So, yeah, so yeah. I think I think my point is that like when I'm trying to make people realise through my music, it's everyone is going through shit. Like every single person in life is going through shit. It just depends how you decide to deal with it and how you let it, you, because you can let it make you and you can let it break you, you know what I mean? It's just what you want to take from that. So I think that's what I try and get it when, like, I, I release things or at least, but like when you're around, when when you were home and you just just used to come around, like I can just sit there and whatever's on my mind, I can just let it go straight away, and like 
with the freestyle, you know what I mean? Because that's what's in my mind at that present moment. Yeah. So, yeah. so what, what, you don't do it for like, uh, say if you're just freestyling or rapping, do you, do you just do that just because it's like, oh, fucking, it's fun. It's for the sake of doing it. No, because recently I've started, uh, so I've recently had a really, really bad situation, yeah, where a girl just completely ruined my life. So what I decided to do is, instead of letting it actually physically and mentally break me and emotionally, I mean, I've been quite emotional recently because, as I've told you, it's a very heavy situation. You put a roof over someone's head for six months and they just drop you and go and start living with someone else for two days. So what, well, two days later, I've obviously moved into someone else's flat. We'll put it that way so everyone else gets the gist. Uh, but yeah, I've started putting like so when I've been freestyling, what I've been doing now is listening to that back and writing what I've put down because when I've been let's say freestyling or I've heard an instrumental what I've liked and I've just spat to it in- instantly, I've realised that when I'm like getting these things off my chest, I'm getting attached to what I'm saying. So whilst I'm like singing or getting these thoughts off my chest i'm getting quite emotional whilst i'm in doing so if that makes sense so Mm. i like i'm uh, giving it my all when i'm saying what i'm saying because like i am hurt and i have gone through bad things but me getting it off my chest that way that's that's like my clarity that's Mm. that's me moving on from it you know what i mean because it's out of here and on a piece of paper now and now i've vented it out in a form of music for people to take in and it's like I'm not asked if they understand or if they don't understand but that's what I needed to do for myself to better my own mental health you know what I mean because why should I sit there overthinking about things what have happened because at the end of the day none of that was my fault I I was the best me for six months and to be treated the way I was treated was never nice so now, just to reflect on it, it's nice to put things down onto a piece of paper to be able to read or sing or rap. Like, I could pass the book to you and you could make some out of it what I couldn't, you know what I mean? But if people can use it differently, and I think what I've been thinking about recently is show no love, because love will get you killed, fam. <laughs> and it's a heavy, because love is all around. Like, love's a big thing, and regarding my job and things like that, like, I have got to show a lot of love to a lot of people. I've seen like I've seen people on death's door and I've seen like I've saved lives. I've seen people lose lives, you know what I mean? Like I have to give off tremendous amounts of love for the people that I have to care for in hospital when they're all in very bad situations. I've shown love to like all my friends. I always try and make sure they're okay as well. But when you're such a loving and caring person, it seems like people my thought is someone's always out to get me or there's always something what's gonna uh i don't know <clears throat> i don't know so so i don't know what happened there like i think um someone yeah, needs to top up his dongle is what he's trying to say everyone christina's delivered me some panel chocolates very nice yeah the they're a bit Fimto remix nice yeah so you were talking about you being a, a loving person and you feel like when you're like that 
there's someone out there to take uh, advantage of you. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that that's what has happened very recently. I've been taken advantage of by someone who I thought obviously did have feelings for me and did care for me, and it was just evidently a lie because it took him two days to go and show that love to someone else. Uh, and that, that doesn't go without saying the full line to me for a month saying that obviously how much someone had loved me but regardless of that I think my point is like obviously I, I do show a lot of love for a lot of people obviously my job of being like a healthcare assistant like uh, for me the vet healthcare assistants are very undervalued considering how much we do in hospitals and how much we have done over the past few years and it goes without getting any recognition, to be honest. Uh, it, thinking about it now, it's pissing me off, to be honest, because the 3% shitty pay rise, what we fucking got off a shit fucking government, what have put so much fucking stress on us, you know what I mean? Bro, I've watched people die in, in front of me. I've saved people's lives. You know what I mean? I've seen pe- big death certificates of fucking with COVID on what shouldn't have even had COVID on. Do you know what I mean? Uh so there is a, a lot of shit what does go on in my head but thinking about how much love I do how much love I show to everyone and how much love I receive back is not uh, equal are you smiling that lad it's a good pan of chocolate that bro I'm going to get into you bro <laughs> but yeah it's one of them bro uh, so recently I'm quite uh, quite withdrawn and trying because obviously I show a lot of trust in a lot of people and obviously uh, I had to in that obviously situation letting someone live with me for six months uh, but showing that much trust like right now my trust's quite broken you know what I mean and I know everyone's not the same in, in the world like there are just going to be nice people and there are just going to be people on the planet that are just put here to be fucking cunts bro you know what I mean but at the end of the day you've got to go through all of this shit because at the end of the day, it's just something what's happened on my path. That's not the end game. And like, there's good camera and good camera and bad camera. And I reckon one day there's going to be a fuckload of good camera coming in my way. And that's the way I've got to see it. I'm never going to let something like that overcloud me because I'm going to pull through the other end. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you want to break down that situation of what's happened or do you not want to get into it? What's... Not really, because there's no point in trying to, ex- like, it's not, not like I'm exposing her, but there's just certain elements of surprise in which I'd have never have seen things coming. I mean, there's a few big, big red flags that I should have seen. Now, reflecting on the whole situation, I should have known way before then that mm. it wasn't going to work, you know what I mean? But regardless of that, I knew how bad this girl's mental health was, so I did everything I could to try and make her see differently mm-hmm. uh, like I tried to make her meditate I, I got her to shadow work quite a lot because obviously she had quite a lot she must have had things go on in the past which have stuck with her so I tried to get to sit down and try and like write it all down to get all the things that were going on up here onto a piece of paper I just didn't even need to tell me I used to tell her to go and meditate in my bedroom and things like that and try and better herself all the time. But for someone who's, so I wouldn't say, I don't know. But for me, obviously being so loving and caring and trying to do, always trying to do the best for everyone. 
and for someone to lie to me like that for six months, you just think, am I clouded by how much love I actually do show, in a sense? Does that make sense? I think that you probably... Like, I jump, I probably jumped in far too quick for my own good, because a lot of people told me that. But at the end of the day, I did what I did, and I can't question what I did now, because it's in the past, and I did it for a reason. And that reason right now is for me to learn the lesson that I've got to be very cautious and I've got to build like up this trust to be able to trust someone again. You know what I mean? Uh, well, but, yeah. I think uh, as much as someone can take advantage of you, there's also things, it's sad thing that you can do. You can do things that ensure that people don't take advantage of you. But in an ideal world, you just want it to be that people don't take. Uh, you? Yeah. Yeah. Sadly, you want someone when you love someone, bro. You want that to receive that look, love back. And you, when you're being trustworthy with someone, and you're putting a, like a roof over the head for six months, feeding them every day, you expect like not to be lied to, and not to get fucked over in in the way in which I have. You know what I mean? Because I'd have never expected that, and that's what scares me now. Because was I just shrouded by a cloud of love, which was very, very fake, or? were elements of it actually true and she just decided to lie about certain none of it makes sense at the end of the day you know what i mean so and i i've not got the clarity from that so i've just got to deal with it and obviously like i said i put my words now into like a, a journal or i'll sit there and put an instrumental on and try and freestyle about whatever's on my mind at that current moment to get it off my chest so now that this has happened and because it was such a quick turnaround, as you've said, like you were living with her for six months, or she was living with you for six months, and then two days later after you spoke with her, she's gone. To yeah, someone, she's, else's gaff. someone else's gaff. Um, but it's uh, another fella's gaff, shall we say. Does yeah, that? But she's been telling me, obviously, she's staying at a friend's house. Friend, yeah, yeah. Getting so, me- mentally better and yeah. telling me she loves me every day. So. <laughs> Did that make you? question previous parts of the relationship like what do you think oh was she telling oh me? bro oh, when you? i got when i got that message request and obviously i opened my man's messages like the things on my mind were just like what the fuck like I, have i been lied to was it all a lie like it but it, obviously looking back at the relationship it just made me think like who who was I actually with? Was that even her name? There's so so many mad things because obviously be, with being in my job, I work twelve hours a day. Yeah. This girl was in my flat for twelve hours a day when I was at work. So it puts questionable questions like that in your head, what you don't want to think about. Because if I ever found out that what? someone else had been in my fucking bed, someone's legs would disappear and I'd attach them back on because I'm a nice nurse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? No, bro. Like, like they're, they're, not, they're not things you want to be thinking about, is it? Hello. I'm there trying to save lives and she could be getting rat-assed in my bed. Someone hanging out the some, someone hanging out the back windows, you know what I mean? No, thanks. <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think this is what happens when you get uh, like betrayed by someone, you just start fucking questioning everything. You're like, oh, but no. that's obviously I'm not trying to do that. Like, I obviously we're t- touching up on the subject now, but 
them thoughts have already left my mind because yeah, yeah. I've journaled everything, you know what I mean? Yeah. I've put I've put everything down now, which is obviously I think it is very beneficial to a lot of people. I think if people do have things going on in their life, the best thing to do, like if you are overthinking, is to put things down on a piece of paper because it's there then. If you want it to go, burn it. Throw it in the bin. You don't have to think about it like it whatever's in your mind is on that piece of paper now like do what you want with it use it to your advantage use do you know what i mean but yeah. i think it's very beneficial when someone has things going on that they write shit down just so they can then either relate to it or they can understand from their view read it back to themselves and yeah take it in you know what i mean yeah that's i, I think that's solid advice i that's what i do and it's not even for any benefit to anybody else it's just i think because life's that fucking weird like so much weird shit happens that like, you just have to keep on top of it and if you just write it down it's like all right this happened then and when you actually go back over it, it you probably reflect on your situation that you're in now and think okay well life isn't as bad as when this was going on or remember when i had all these problems and you mentioned before how you could have one thing that happens in your day which is minute tiny part of your day and you're just like oh he's fucking in your head then rent free but you can forget from like how far you prob- you've come previously with your previous issues and how you dealt with them. So I think just keeping on top of it by writing, you you see things clearly and you become more wise in your actions rather than repeating the same mistakes that you could possibly make. Yeah, like trust me when I say this, I'm never ever going to make that mistake of moving someone straight into my gaff ever again. <laughs> Yeah, you know I mean, but only I can learn from that. Like, that's a me mistake. I should have been more uh, careful with my own feelings. Put it that way. Yeah, I think that when I think of my uh, my ex relationship, I just think like, what the fuck? When you you funny when you look back and it's like, what the fuck were they thinking? And it like, yeah, I had the same thing where all my mates were going like, oh, what are you doing? Like, she's just taking the piss out of you, um, and you just like blinded and oblivious. But there were serious red flags I had there. Like, I remember being in her uni accommodation and, like, we'd split up for it. We'd split up for a little bit. And it was, like, we both said, yeah, whatever, we split up, things things can happen, blah, blah, blah. And then when we split up, it was her, like, freshers week or something. And in a, in a uni apartment, they had, like, a fucking graph on the wall and a tally. And it was, like... Um, people people that pulled or something do you know what I mean on night out and then I'd seen it and it was on people there. actually do things like that oh, like, so one thing I was laughing about how I like, <laughs> could you imagine if we'd have done that every time we went to Wigan it's how many weird. birds did you neck tonight what yeah, the fuck yeah it was just weird so I was like it's weird this so then I pulled my ex bird up about it and then I, I was like oh I at least had solid evidence there. I was like I don't even give a shit <laughs> Like some scroll, bro. Here it is. Funny to be honest, because like technically, like okay, we weren't together, but part of this we were together, and this is like basically evidence that you're giving on, giving to me that you've cheated on me, which I already knew. And then it's just complete denial, like no, no, oh, it's like uh, it was like a joke, you know, like joke is fine. I was like, all right, is it? Yeah, okay. And then just our pure naiveness, it was like believe them. Rather than going with my actual gut of what I should have done in that situation, it was put my trust in some person who's just bullshitting me. And it's it, now it's funny. Like if I think if I just 
if that would, you felt kind of think if that would happen now, you'd be like, what the fuck? You'd just be like, what the fuck's going on here? So I think it's as hard as it is to look at things like in this way when bad things happen, it's like, well, just take it as like a, a learning curve. Yeah, it's like a lesson in it. Yeah. That's what I've took from everything like recently. Every everything what happens in your life, whether it be good or bad, is just a lesson and it's building you up to be like your best person whatever it is you know yeah. what i mean because right. yeah we've all got something to give to the world but <laughs> some fucked people who, who are out to just fucking try and hurt other people i guess and that's what you're gonna have to take take from it there are there are very nice people in the world and very fucking horrible people too yeah you just gotta take the good with the bad and see the good for the bad Every, every bad person who comes into your life is going to teach you something about yourself which you should take positively. Yeah. You can also, when if you've probably noticed that negative person in your life, it's also easy, it's hard to remember, but you can just try to disassociate yourself with them completely and just cut. Yeah. You do have to be like that. Like I, I think I've probably thought, oh, to be like a nice person and you've got to like always give people another chance and whatever. And that's what I did in my in my previous relationship. It's like, yeah, yeah, go on, give you another chance, another chance, another chance. Then it was just like, all right, okay, I feel like I'm just getting taken the piss out of here. And there's only so many chances you can give somebody before you're just like, oh, fuck you. And it's it's a difficult thing to do, but it's also the right the right thing to do. So yeah, yeah. We fucked, bro, aren't we? But we move you, bro. We always do. But yeah, one one thing that I, I did t- take from everything is like all the negative stuff that has happened in my life. Like it's turned me into like I always try and make people see different sides of things now because there's always multiple meanings to why someone has and hasn't done something. You know what I mean? Or th- there's multiple reasons as to why things are going on in on in their lives in which they might not understand obviously with my job and everything i've got to try and keep people positive all the time because when you give up up here bro you've given up completely because if, if you, you and you if you're fighting with your mind and let's say obviously with me working in a hospital if you've given up up here bro there's no point in carrying on because you've got to this is everyone's worst enemy at the end of the day your mind is your own block and if you can learn to work with your mind and so obviously now when I have a bad thought or I start to overthink, I'll just think like, fuck off. Like, I don't even want, why am I even thinking about that? And I'll try and think about something else instead or try and do something to take my mind off it. Whereas me two years ago would have acknowledged the thought that had come into my mind. So whether it be a sad thought, depressive thought, happy thought, but I'd have attached myself to it, regardless of what what mood I was in. So I could be the happiest in happiest day I've ever been. You know what I mean? But I could a thought could pop into my head there, and I caught it, and then bro, my my mood, my whole demeanour would change. Mm. Like I just go from happy to instantly like, fuck this. Why am I even here? You know what I mean? But that's how I've learned now, and I think for people who are going through hard times, it's very good for them to. Uh, sit and reflect any any kind of like self time that you have it doesn't even need to be like 
meditation, any kind of self-care that's going to help them in any way, shape or form. That's what they need to be doing, whether it be for a girl like painting the nails or going and getting her hair done or for the boys, like just fucking going and getting your, still getting your hair cut or going for a walk or just spending time with your mates, getting shit down in the journal. I think that's very beneficial to anyone what is going through a hard time. And yeah. no matter how much you don't want to see people when you are down, it's something you're going to have to do. I mean, I, I'd hate being on my own. Uh, obviously, I, I've gone from someone living in my flat every day for six months to going, resorting to being back on my own. But I've learned to be happy, like, living on my own. I can get up. I can do what I want. I've got no one to fucking moan. If my flat's a mess, it's a mess. You know what I mean? But it's not. But, like, you've got to learn to be able to have fun with yourself. Yeah, definitely. Do you know what I mean? You've got to learn to be happy with yourself and enjoy the time that you have with yourself. But, yeah. Yeah, I don't think anyone should take a bad situation to the full extent of it being bad. I mean, obviously, there are some bad, bad situations, but there is always light in them very dark times. You know what I mean? Yeah, if you look at things in, in that way, you could take a positive out of everything that happens. And it's, it's probably it's very difficult to switch from going, wow, like this. Yeah, from being very pessimistic to being quite optimistic in a sense, isn't it? Like, if you have multiple life problems occurring right after each other, let's say parent or some somebody you love dies, and then it's like, you lose your job or something, and then something like maybe just a combination of three or two things happening. It's very difficult for people to remain um, positive about things. Um, I'm not sure. I don't think I've been in a situation where my life has turned complete catastrophe. Um, but it's. I probably could say. I probably could say my mine did the very start of the first lockdown. Because I had a lot of stuff going on, which did change my mindset completely, which is a topic we like talking about very much, Eddie. Uh, so my mum and dad were on the verge of getting a divorce, basically. I'd split up with one of my ex-girlfriends. And I got my dog put down all in the same week. So my head was fried, you know what I mean? And I did something... The week after what I never thought I was going to do, which was take a lovely little tab of acid. And for some people, because of the propaganda, what's been fed to people many years ago and throughout our lives, where we've always thought these things like acid and magic mushrooms are bad, bad things. And oh, they're going to ruin your life. (laughs) When, if anything, that changed my life so much. And it made me see a completely different perspective to life that I am now very much uh, happy within myself, if that makes sense. Like, I couldn't have got any lower in that moment because what what did I have going for me at all? You know what I mean? Uh, my home life wasn't great. Obviously, my mum and dad were arguing all the time. My sister was very upset. I was upset because of the dog. Everyone took it their own different way. Then I lost fucking my ex. Uh, so I had a lot of shit on my mind. And then 
I mean, through that period, obviously, me and you used to go out quite a lot on the bikes. We used to fucking spend time just fucking going for walks and shit like that. You know what I mean? Uh, but it was a very... Um, it probably turned my life around that much that that's when I did I did start seeing there was positive to positives to negatives and like everything always does happen for a reason like it's not just happening and it's not always just gonna be you getting all the shit you know what I mean because that's how I thought it was I thought fucking hell is it just me that all this shit's happening to that all this negative stuff's happening to but because I was thinking so negatively. The only thing that was going to come to me was negativity because my own mindset was manifesting negative things because that was the only shit I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. So yeah. for me taking mushrooms in the woods, watching a fire and me walking around the beacon thinking, oh yeah, look at this. And like my own, my own life's changing just because I'd taken one little thing, you know what I mean? And for me to feel how I was feeling in that moment, feeling alive and feeling like, fuck me, you're like, I'm just a brain walking on this planet thinking that these emotions are driven in my life. You know what I mean? When, if anything now, they are just thoughts and emotions. And if I don't want to feel them, bro, like, that's to me. And I, if I don't want to feel it, like, go away. I don't, I, I push negative people away from me now and I, I obviously try and stay as happy as I can in, every moment because if i'm happy why can't you be happy like i, I can tell when i went to park life this year it was so weird bro because i was having the best time of my life i was just dancing i was just i wasn't asked who was watching i wasn't asked who was looking i wasn't asked who was around i was just enjoying myself but there were so many people just coming up to me going well how are you having so much fun what do you want what do you want and i was like nothing I'm just high on life like if I'm this happy why can't you be this happy and a lot of people when I was talking to them about it were taking it very deeply like they didn't understand that why I said why should you give a fuck about who's watching you about who's going to judge you I said the people are going to judge you because they're fucking jealous of you I said there's probably a million people in this field at park life who've walked past me today and gone what a fucking dickhead because I was dancing like a prick or I was swinging my limbs like I didn't even know what limbs were, you know what I mean? But I like I was just trying to express to everyone that if I'm happy having a good time, you can be having just as good of a time. Like, just don't let anyone influence your emotions or how you're feeling or how you're doing. Like, you are you. Like, that's all I can say, really, you know what I mean? Like, you, if you don't want to feel a certain way, it's, that's your choice. You can happily change that. Yeah, I think, as you said, there were, let's say, a million people at Park Life. And then you're saying probably people were looking at you and might have said, oh, what, what's that dick doing? I, I think it's also good to remember that most people probably don't really give a shit. And by that, I mean, they might remember that one thing, but it's actually not that deep. Of a situation, it's just some guy dancing. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's just not that big of an issue. It's, it's not, but for people to use that as an issue or think that something's wrong, like you're at an event, fam. You, you, you're at an event where loads of people are basically mashed off the brains, loving the sound of music. So for people to sit there and be judgmental, they're the people that are too personified by their own ego because. 
your ego can be very clouded and that's just a part of you don't we're all the same every human on this planet yo is the same because we're all just bodies with brains and the thing what makes everyone individual is your ego and your personality mm-hmm. so when when you resort back to thinking oh i am you you are me we are us like what's the point in being fucking judgmental about anything like just a fucking brain in a body and you're going to die and you're going to go on to your next next path because that's what I believe. And if anything, you know what I mean? This is not the end. This is just a stepping stone. But yeah, I, I think a lot of people are clouded by the ego and there's a lot of, oh, I'm better than you. Oh, I've got Balenciagas on and you've got a horse who's, who's hard. You know what I mean? Shit like that. What the fuck? You're wearing clothes, fam. If I'm wearing clothes and you're wearing clothes, doesn't matter if yours costs two two grand or mine costs twenty quid or mine costs two quid from the charity shop. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Everyone's looking, everyone's looking sweet and everyone's vibing, fam. Like, just show some love. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand people that are, are like that or think that they're better than anyone else. And I say that to everyone in work. Like, obviously, I'm a band two, and I'll be going up to a band four in my new job, and I work with band sixes and band fives, but never in work do I let anyone think that they're better than me. They're better than I am, because they're not. They're just a person. You Just because you've got a job title, it doesn't mean you're any cleverer, you're any yeah. better than I am. You're just a person with a brain, and if you think I can't use mine, then you're fucking stupid. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Uh, so I think in, in my last job, I got to... When I started off, it was like... Are oh, you going to do this business management degree? You're going to be in management. It's like, eh, fucking hell, it sounds. And it does get in your head. And then what? I'd kind of like let the director or like other managers like talk to me like shit or kind of walk over me a little bit and not really stick up to myself. And I started to think, I'd probably say similar to you, where I was just like, hang on a minute, this is just a fucking person. Just because they've got a different job title or a different um, experience doesn't mean that someone can talk to you like shit. It doesn't mean that someone can... No, why, very... why the fuck does it give them the right to point a finger at you and, like, look down the nose at you? Like, who the fuck are you? Do you know what I mean? And that's where I think I started standing up for myself a lot more when I realised that everyone is just the brain in the body. Like, why the fuck do you think you can say that about me or this person? You know what I mean? Like, what's what's the point in being negative to anyone? Like, you should just be, like... And I think since I've, like, my whole mindset has changed, it's like walking outside now, like, just walking out in nature. Like, when I see people now, I'm just like, just a person, like, hello. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I'm not, I now, like, let on to strangers or smile at them or just fucking, like, what, what's wrong with that? You know what I mean? Whereas yeah. you, in your regard, they just walk past them and being like, Mad fucking hell, so you got them one tens on. <laughs> or something mad, you know what I mean? But now I just walk past people and I'm just like, are you all right? Good morning. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just nice to see other <laughs> other humans. Yeah. You know what I mean? What's the point in being negative to them? You know what I mean? And I've started being nice. Like everyone always says, to, like, I can understand people and how they work with homeless people because not every person you see is homeless, and you could just be giving a random person money. You know what I mean? But I've become quite like a giving. Like, when you're on a night out and you can see people that are just sat there at four in the morning freezing their tits off, they are actually probably freezing the fucking tits off. So yeah. when they are asking you for a bit of change, you've got fucking £2.50 there, what you've just got left, you know what I mean? Why not Why not just give it that person, like, it's £2.50. That, to us, that's nothing. Well, 
possibly nothing, but to them, that, yeah. that's a rich, that's riches. You know what I mean? That that's two sausage rolls tomorrow. Oh, fucking. <laughs> well, that, yeah, it's the only thing on my mind. The green horse is sausage <laughs> roll at the minute. Expensive sausage rolls, then. I mean, I go to. I know they'll need to go Greg's then for. <laughs> I mean, if I was homeless, I'd be probably shopping at Pound Bakery rather than Greg's or Galloway's, like two pound fifty. I'd say that's yeah, good. it's extortionate for a sausage roll, like you know what I mean. But I don't know where I was thinking about getting sausage rolls there, boobs. <laughs> yeah, some spenny, <laughs> some spenny fucking sausage rolls. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's just weird. I think there's a lot, a lot, uh, a lot more people with money could do to help things like that as well. Like, I don't think there's there's no middle ground. I don't think so. You're having fucking Really, really rich, or oh, you've really, hardly got nothing. You know what no. I mean? I don't think there's. I I don't see there being a middleman, but I think the people that sat at the top, yeah, with these lump lump sum, like the fucking richest fuck, if anything, millionaires, billionaires, trillionaires, they've got all the fucking riches, fam. You know what I mean? And like they can just let people in their own country just fucking sit on the floor, fucking. You know, there's a lot more that should be done, like. We've recently got a pay rise, which which was three percent, but now I'm earning less money because they put the tax up. Yeah. I'm now earning less as a nurse than I was a year ago. So you know what I mean. The government don't even give a fuck about us, bro. They don't give a fuck that we've just fucking helped everyone for the past two years through COVID, fucking saving lives. Nurses have been getting ill, staff have been getting ill, being understaffed. There's been times where I've worked on a ward looking after 30 patients with two emergency buzzers going off at the same time. And guess what? Both patients survived. But, you know, there's things what do happen. And I think, how the fuck can people sit at the top knowing full well the people at the bottom are struggling so fucking bad? Like, there should be a, what's it called? Like a medium, like a everyone should be able to meet in the middle at some point and I don't understand how it can even be an argument yet foot, footballers getting paid fucking two million a week there can't spe- can't fucking score a penalty and you get me fucking up off in on someone's chest trying to save the life for fucking 12 quid an hour like how does that how does that work you know what I mean I understand I- you're getting sponsored and everything like that but why the fuck aren't I sponsored I'm the one running around looking after 30 people People who were assistants of four, and I've got to change and roll them all on my own, thinking, "Oh yeah, this is this is what I should be doing at 24." No, I'm 25, but <laughs> you know what I mean. No, that's not what I should be doing. Yeah, I mean, I I I, I think I had this thought of like when I started to realise how bullshit my job was, like planning pizzas, and the money I was earning was quite decent. I started to think there's people with jobs that deal with uh, people on a personal level like my drum teacher's girlfriend um, and she's uh, I think it's like a mental health nurse and she like has to deal with like paedophiles and different people who could like be a cause of real harm to society and I've, I've, I thought or I, did, I think I knew that I was earning more money than her planning pizzas <laughs> and you think about it, it's like, it is fucking weird because it's like you could get a job in the private sector, some bullshit fucking ego job, and earn lots of fucking money. You could also do a job as 
public service. As Do you want me to blow your mind? Do you know the last year I managed that pizza shop? I was yeah. earning £9 an hour and I was earning more doing a nine-hour shift there than I was doing a 12-hour shift in the hospital. Bro, and I was managing a fucking takeaway for £9 an hour and I was earning more than what I was earning for doing a month's work as a healthcare assistant in a hospital. Like, that makes no sense whatsoever. And that yeah. was, oh, like, how long are we saying? I worked in that pizza shop now. A long time ago. Yeah. I worked there for, what, five years, you know what I mean? And you think, what the fuck? You were the face of a Paul and Peter, ain't you? Face of the place. Never gonna leave. Part of furniture, me, bro. I could walk it. I could walk back into that shop and turn it upside down. You know what I mean? Yeah. That shop's never earned as much money since I left, and that's that's not a lie. Yeah. But it's. I mean, I'm, I'm following this subreddit at the moment. It's called Anti Work, and what's that like? Just for people who don't want to work. No. So this is the. This is the main sense of people think like, oh, it's just a bunch of lazy bastards who can't be asked working. But it's actually not. It's people just criticising jobs and like the whole work culture of what's expected from people. And you, I've started to see how bad it is, for example, in America, how bad they've got it for in jobs like Subway, McDonald's, what's expected of them. And people post... Screen. Bro, bro, look at it this way. There's people in Mackies in our country getting paid fucking like fucking twelve, thirteen pounds an hour, and you've got nurses getting paid the same. They're flipping a fucking burger, the fucking daft cunts, yeah. and there's fucking but, people dying. Yeah, I mean, uh, in the EU and the UK, I mean, we've got pretty good rights as citizens. I mean, yeah. Like, for example, mainly you're gonna get minimum twenty-five days holiday. Let's say maybe twenty-three. In America, people, I, remember speaking, I met this guy in Israel and he had two weeks of paid time off. That's it. All year, two weeks. So he just, he had that. And I was saying to him, like, oh yeah, I go to Malta next week and then next month I go to Dublin. And he's like, how'd you get so much time off? And I was telling him we get, I had like 33 days a year and he was fucking blown away by it. Cause it's just like the normal in America is to have 10 days off. They've got to pay for all their healthcare and shit as well, isn't it? They're all privatised the fuck, which we'll end up probably end up being soon at looking at things. I'm hoping, I mean, I'm hoping. Are you going to say you're hoping the NHS gets privatised then? No, no, no. I'm I'm hoping that it doesn't go down the route of America because it's just. Put it this way, bro. If we were to get privatised and I was to walk outside and break my leg, I wouldn't be able to afford it and I'd just have to sit there with a broken leg. And think about how much... I, I don't know how it works. Like, what, what happens? Do you go into debt and then you've got to pay it off slowly? Like, that, that fucks so many people over in this country as well because we're all underpaid to fuck. But, yeah. I think I think that does potentially happen where you get debt from going into hospital. But you also get... Oh, he's gone. James. One second, I'm here. Um, my mum was ringing me. The rat so. bag. You can answer. <laughs> Don't give your mum a rap bag. Um, what was I saying? Uh, so, yeah, so what could happen is, like, say if you get, yeah, after emergency and you go to the hospital, you end up losing that time in work because you've got to be there for, like, say, five days. Then you get the debt, but then you're also behind on your bills because you've had that time off work. You're not getting paid anything. And then it's like you've got to get back in work as soon as possible. And you start, people start taking on more jobs to pay off the debt. 
and it's just like a constant a vicious cycle in it you know what i mean i think that's why there's so many people in america who are homeless because it's just yeah you get fucking injured to, well they probably come come out from serving in the army probably fucking have a lot of shit going on upstairs they probably get injured try to go to hospital can't pay for it then they're in a fuckload of debt they end up fucking homeless as fuck and struggling do you know what i mean like that's a big thing in America as well, isn't it? They're all public service. Guys, uh, pre, um, what's it called? Just like army people. <laughs> just had an odd call. Fuck me, army people. Um, infantry? No, I don't know, don't know what the word is you're looking for. Uh, soldiers? Is that another word? Yeah. It, it, it's just mad, isn't it? A lot of fucking mad shit what goes on in this fucking, in this world. What are you going to do this weekend, lad? What's your plans? This Well, the rest of the weekends. Well, today I'm probably going to watch some of the football until my mum, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow I am in work on a 12 hour shift. Yeah. Probably, yeah, after, after, yeah, so I'm in work tomorrow for 12 hours, but hopefully I'm looking to start my new job soon. Uh, yeah. So that should be nice. Uh, why? What are you getting up to for the rest of the weekend? Uh, what am I doing this weekend? So I'm gonna go to Medium. Like I was mentioning before, it's a cafe that has jam sessions on Wednesdays and Saturdays, and they've got guitars that you can just plug in and use. They've got an electric guitar, about five acoustic guitars, and then nice that sunset in it, bro. What? <laughs> nice that sunset in it. It's nice that background, lad. Just looking at that sunset there, beautiful. Um, so they've got guitars you can plug in, you've got a keyboard. So I'm just going to take my interface and do some recording, probably, and see who's there. Because that's where I mainly meet people. Um, this is a big U turn, by the way, anyway. You mentioned before about acid and psychedelics. Mm-hmm. Could you go into your fir- the first time you took magic mushrooms and like what, what experience you had with that? So the first time I probably took magic mushrooms was probably the most euphoric uh, kind of experience I'd had because I'd never really experienced anything like it. I thought one of my mates was God because he does actually does look a bit like Jesus. But, I mean, big up the big man Bennett himself, come on. Uh, but, yeah, my, my man, uh, he's very... Bennett's very, uh, I'd say, spiritual like us too. He's very... Uh, down to earth, knows what he wants to do in life. He's very, uh, very level-headed. Uh, but when when it started kicking in, it, it like uncontrollable laughter, but with all this like shimmering light flying off him. Uh, but I just couldn't stop laughing. But it was very, uh, very insightful taking mushrooms. It just made me kind of not look out to the world. It kind of made me look within myself for me to find the answers myself. I didn't know, don't know what the answers were for, <laughs> you know what I mean? But at th- that time when I did mushrooms, I can't, personally, I can't remember if there was something going on in my life at that moment. So I, I don't think I was necessarily sad, uh, but I think I just took took them, I think. Uh, but just the feeling of kind of being with my mates in that moment and just being able to kind of 
let my own mind unfold. And I, like, I wasn't even doing much. I was just sat there watching a the fire, you know what I mean? But that's what I wanted to be doing at that moment in time. And that's how the universe spanned for me. That's like how it worked, you know what I mean? I was able to just sit there and be quiet and... Uh... <laughs> I was able to just sit there you're wondering when I'm smiling at new match on Hinge. Come on, the fellas. <laughs> Alice there, she's going to be my new love. Uh, only joking. But, um, yeah, when I took mushrooms, it was just very insightful and very... Um, so, at first, it was very, very unexpected. I didn't know what was going to happen. Shit started. Mom! You know, as I'm on a podcast with the boy himself, like, what's the problem? Uh, so I kind of, at first it was, one second, Ed, I'm going to have to answer this, bro. It's all about now. You should be recording it. Yeah. So what were we saying about you? Uh, yeah, we're on about uh, mushies. But yeah, it was just very, uh, very insightful. Uh, and obviously shit. Shit is all in your head. That's all I can say to anyone who is going to take psychedelics. It's all in your head. Uh, because shit does start getting a bit weird and wonderful. But you've just got to ex- accept it. It's just, that's just, if anything, it's just mother nature doing its fucking thing, really. Cause... Would you say when you, so you've, you've done shrooms and you've done acid, was it, was it weirder on acid? Like, yeah. You... Exactly, yeah. Fuck me, it's a lot more visual. Uh, so I was with you the first time, innit? I was gonna say, you wish story you want to, <laughs> story you want to tell? The nicest one, we're not talking about that time. <laughs> uh, so the first time I did it, I had probably the best, probably one of my best trips, yeah, because uh, for me, first, so we took it on the beacon, but it was only me that took it, I think. It was, yeah, you that's right. Yeah, wow. so I took it. So, have you ever heard the song uh, D12? Uh, blue and yellow, purple hills, uh, purple pills, and all that song. That that's what that's what the first time of acid was like for me because obviously we sat on Granny's Hill on the beacon, and the clouds were going purple. I could fucking see the electricity. <laughs> flowing into different parts of the floor, all connected and things like that. The grass was moving, fucking... I ended up seeing the moon open like a door, and an Egyptian fella said hello to me, and then the moon closed, and I was just stood in the middle of my state laughing at the moon, thinking, people are going to think I'm fucking weird. (laughs) I'm just stood here laughing at the moon at 11 (laughs) o'clock at night. Uh, But to anyone hearing this, they're probably thinking, is that fucked? Like, is that is fucked? That's just what happened on my acid trip, and that scares a few people. But if you, if you obviously you remember what I said, and it's all in your head, that's legit what it is. And whatever happened, it was just for for me to know. Like you were having fucking World War Three with alien robots outside your gaff when you were tripping balls. You know what I mean? So I don't, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, you thought fucking what was he called him that big fucking the Iron Giant. You thought the Iron yeah. Giant was stood outside your house, and I thought the moon was opening like a door, you know what I mean? So acid. But the thing with acid is, I think because it does 
it, like it, it does blow your socks off. Like it is not like any, anything else. I've, like I, I smoke weed and obviously that just chills me the fuck out and gives me the munchies. Done mushrooms and that gave me uncontrollable laughter and made me quite, quite quiet, quite reserved. I'd say. But obviously, I tried taking mushrooms the other week and not, not nothing happened at all. So unless they would dodge, but uh, acid is another another realm. It's, it's the easiest way to put it in it. It's a, it's another fucking it's another universe because whatever happens in there, like yeah, <laughs> it can get. You've got to make sure when you're doing things like that, you're in the right mindset, listening to the right music. Not watching fucking TV because that can do very stupid things to the brain. Wow. We'll put it, because there's the certain certain thing. So either way, when you're watching a program, when you're tripping, you're not watching a program. It, it may as well just be a black black screen, and your mind's gonna play whatever on the screen, really. But you can interpret things wrongly, which can make you very uncomfortable and make you like it can throw you off and. Not necessarily. Uh, it might change your opinion on like how you feel, or it might show you things what you really don't want to happen in your life, and, and you can be like, like why the fuck is that happening?" But it's that it's happening because obviously your brain wants to be sure of what is happening. I think. Uh, so when you are doing things like psychedelics, you have got to make sure that you are quite happy within yourself all the time. And there are going to be times within your trip what you do start to think, like, oh, should this be happening? Or, like, you, you don't want to start second-guessing yourself whilst you're tripping either. Like, you've just got to... The big word, I think, that comes with acid should be acceptance. Yeah. Because you've just got to... Once you're on your ride, you've just got to fucking go... You just, you're there for it. You've just got to enjoy it. Like... If you start getting scared and you start panicking, your trip starts getting worse and can start unfolding in ways which you didn't want to go. Um, so I think that's what is scary about psychedelics. But the the thing from my trip, regardless of whether it be good or bad, is that it's just another lesson for me. Because obviously, if I didn't take it, I wouldn't know. But I did take it. So whatever happens during that day, like... I, I, Obviously, I've done that it on my own, and like I've gone for walks down the canal and things like that by myself. And people think, "Fucking hell, you fucking crazy, going near water." But to to me, it's just nature, fam. I'm just going from a normal walk, like a normal person, and I've put a one mil by one mil piece of paper on my fucking tongue, and you think I'm crazy? You know what I mean? Yeah. What? And people aren't even gonna know. Like I'm just walking past people and. Like, but fair enough. Like, it does chuck a, a lot of people off because they don't. Obviously, they don't want the perception of life to be changed. I think. There's not not life, but their own perception of maybe who they are. I, I think there's. Um, I don't know if it's them not wanting to change the perception. I think that they just haven't changed the perception. They haven't. Um, because when let's say when we we started, bro, if my mum watches this, I'm gonna punch in the neck. But uh, when we first started taking psychedelics, like we were doing it for our benefit, because let's say we were 
very low in ourselves. Uh, but let, how do you feel now, knowing you've took psychedelics, and what would you say the lesson it's you've learned from taking them? So that's that's what we'll answer now because. So you answer that because yeah. Right. Okay. So what? How the. So now that you've took psychedelics, yeah. what's the lesson you've learned from it now? So being in the present moment, how like, how has it helped you? How has it benefited you? And what would you say to anyone who is scared about taking it? Right. So how's it benefited me? So I'd say. Um, looking at what I was doing with my life when I was in my previous job is realizing that it was fucking stupid and it was silly and it wasn't what I was interested in. Um, consider what's going on in the present moment and just focus on that and focus on my emotions around other people, my effect on other people and how what's going on around me affects me and my emotions. And what was the second one? What? What would you say to anyone who's possibly scared of taking psychedelics? I think if if someone's or give them a reason for doing psychedelics. Uh, I think it's a big depressant stimulant. So I was very depressed and very uh, negative towards myself. So if I'd have a bad thought in my head, I'd use it and I'd be like. Negative, 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 negative. Working it, working it, working it. Make yourself feel shitter about it, James. Take it out on yourself. It's all your fault. Fucking dick, dickhead, ginger cunt. Like, why are you even doing that? Like, what's going on in your head? He's sick. So I think me taking psychedelics got that out of my head. Like, why the fuck am I being so nasty to myself? Like, I love me. Look at the shit I've achieved. Look at this fucking lovely gap I live in and look at all the people I do help in work and the lives I do save and the people I do change mindsets and try and give them a better outlook on life, you know what I mean? So I think that's that's how it, it affects me and I know my mom, like there's a programme on Netflix and I don't know if you've watched it, it's called Fantastic Fungi that is one of the most eye-opening uh, programmes to watch because it if anything, that shows that everything actually is connected. Uh, yeah. Because if mushrooms talk to trees to make, do you know what I mean? That you just gotta watch that program. To anyone who's watching this, go fucking watch the shit out of that fucking Netflix program. I mean, like I've sp- I spoke to my mum quite a few times about doing mushrooms and shit like that. Uh, and I think she always knew full well that I was gonna end up doing them. And she probably is going to watch this now and be like, I knew we fucking took him. <laughs> but I think the reason the reason that I spoke to my mum about it quite a lot is because that I, I evidently don't want her to miss that experience while she's still here. Does that make sense? Like, I want my mum to have that experience of at least uh, taking psychedelics because I don't know, and obviously my mum's my mum, she's never going to tell me anything like that, but yeah. the mum being the person that obviously, I've, she's shown me everything in my life, like, I can never thank my mum enough for the shit that she's done for me, you know what I mean? Uh, but I I want my mum to obviously experience that, that, that feeling, what I felt of that, like, euphoria, the feeling of, fuck, I'm alive, like, whoa, 
dismantled, you know what I mean? Uh, and I think that's why I tried talking to her about it quite a lot. And Like, I did go into depth about mushrooms quite a lot to my mum, but obviously looking at her and my sister looking back at me, thinking, must be fucking crazy, must be crazy. But that obviously, I can understand why they've got them thoughts, because that's the lads, the lies, what they've been fed from children as well. They've always been told mushrooms and things like acid were always bad for you. You know what I mean? But it's just a fucking thing that grows out the fucking floor. <laughs> yeah. If you eat mushrooms in your spag bottle, you can eat psychedelic mushrooms. What's the fucking difference? You know what I mean? I think that it's just more culturally acceptable to get fucking smashed all the time and just like... Yeah, it. so like, my mum my used to sit at home. Look, like When I lived at home, my mum would sit at home and let's say I've, with my dad, she'd drink like what? three bottles of gin and two bottles of vodka a week, but would get on at me for having a spliff a night. I mean, fair enough, weed smells. Mm-hmm. But would you rather me go out, get smashed till six in the morning, getting unacceptably bladdered, not knowing my own name, not knowing fucking how to get home, wasting all my money? Or would you rather me get home for 10 o'clock at night, just munching through the cupboards, knowing I'm safe and in bed by 11? And that's one thing my mum couldn't really accept. I mean, my, through no fault of my own, because, I mean, when it was raining, I had to roll in my room in order to go out to smoke. And I, Because I, ne- I never smoked in my room. The only thing I'd ever do is roll in my room and then go out to smoke. But my mum never understood the reason why I started smoking. So I used to, from 18 to, what would you say, at the age of, like, 23, 22, I used to go out, what, seven days a week, I could go out Monday to Sunday, come home at six o'clock every morning, go to uni, go to work, do everything, you know what I mean, and my mum would never have a, ever have a go at me for coming home smashed, I mean, every so often she would, yeah, but that was when I was fucking rat ass bladdered, and like once I got stuck in the window, you know what I mean, trying to get into, me. but that's what I mean, you'd never see me doing that kind of shit, stoned, you know what I mean, and that's what I tried to make my mum understand. What would you rather me do, mum? Go and come in at six in the morning or be home at ten every night knowing I'm safe and not spending money, do you know what I mean? Not put getting myself into trouble or doing stupid shit. Yeah. Uh, but my mum obviously didn't understand that. And the reason I stopped going out and drinking is because I realised when I was going out, the, the people who were so-called my friends didn't care about me. They didn't want... They didn't want to know what was going on in my life they just wanted me there because i was i was the person to be there i i was the life and soul of the party i was the i was the person to make shit happen and you know what i mean i i was just i just loved fair enough i i did like going out but when i resorted back to loving myself and realizing that i because it was a vicious cycle for me going out i think because because i'd been hurt but i'd been hurt by most girls who've walked into my life I think I got into a, like I got cheated on at a young age well at like 18 which really fucked my head and I so from getting cheated on I used to go out and get smashed to not think about it and I'd wake up feeling rough and to not feel rough I'd go and have a pint to which then I'd end up going out that night you know what I mean and that, that fucked my head for ages so uh, I ended up going from being a big big people person and when I say a big people person. I had a lot of fucking people behind me and Wigan, like, I could turn around and I guarantee always have about 15 mates stood behind me, you know what I mean? 
and then I went from that to basically having no one. I went just back to me, in which I found myself. Obviously, uh, like, oh, I've started smoking weed. Big fucking smell. Like, I was home every night early, still being productive and figuring out, if anything, figuring out what I wanted to do, what was going on up here, you know what I mean? And psychedelics, obviously then help to that because I think weed is the starting point for people who want to take psychedelics and that for me that might be a personal perspective but that's how I see it because you end up getting weed calms you and mellows you out and makes you because weed can make you overthink in certain ways ways what maybe you don't even want to think about yourself in but you you still do anyway so from going from drinking every day not remembering my own name to being quite uh, not restricted. Being quite like, I don't know. I was just on my own, smoke like smoking, and then obviously you used to come out with me sometimes smoking, and then we ended up doing psychedelics. I mean, you'd done them before me because you'd been to Amsterdam and things like that, and I'd never tried anything. You know what I mean? But like we tried mushrooms together, and then obviously we both both did acid differently, and it both blew our mind, <laughs> both blew our minds out of the way. Uh, but yeah, I do think it is an experience. Like, if you're looking at things now, bro, they're making magic mushrooms in the UK illegal, and that's because that yeah, there was a statement what come out on BBC the other day, and the reason they're doing that is because they realize they realize things like fucking uh, what's that fucking horrible tablet called that I used to take that everyone everyone else takes? Can't what? Alanzapine. No, I began with a C. Citalopram, I think it was called. But it's fucking, bro, that some of the medication what they've been giving these people who obviously got shit going on in red, it's making people worse, bro. Like, when I was taking these tablets, yeah, I'm not so angry all the time. And I was thinking, I've gone from being upset to being fucking like, Whoa, fucking, who wants a dig in the neck then? You know what I mean? So I had to stop taking them, bro, because I, I said to my mum, this, this is making me worse. Like, I'm going to end up smacking up and up. Go on. I'm all alone. <laughs> But yeah, so the medication what I got put on for like my depression and my own anxiety and shit fucking made me ten times worse. Just wanted to fucking break everything. What's that song called by Limp Bizkit? Limp Bizkit. Just one of those things. <laughs> break stuff. That's <laughs> that's what I used to be like. That was my own mood. But uh, yeah, so I took psychic one time from taking. I I can easily say if I hadn't took acid and I'd only ever took them troubles that once with you and Bennett in Roby Mill I'd probably still say it would have still changed me and I'd still not have resorted back to any sort of medication because just that one time is probably all I needed to realise like who I was or maybe what I wanted to change in my life you know what I mean not been taking medication since You've not been taking medication since that psychotherapy. I've I've not took. Uh, so it was probably about four months before I tried mushrooms that I stopped taking my tablets because I realised it wasn't wasn't having a good effect on me. And what's it? What's that thing called where you, like let's say you take a paracetamol, but it's not necessarily helping you. It's just because you've took it. Like it's a placebo effect. Yeah. So. 
that's why I kind of thought with them tablets, it's just a placebo effect. Like, you think I'm taking these tablets and I think they're going to make me better. When that's not what was happening. I was taking them tablets. And then because I was taking them tablets, bro, my mood was all over the place. I'd be happy one minute and wanting to fucking stab someone in the neck the next minute. You know what I mean? And that's not me. I, I'm chilled all the time. But, like, I felt like my back was so stiff all the time. And I was so tense and I just wanted to, like, fucking snap in half. You know what I mean? So... The medication did nothing for me, hence why, I, because obviously I never used to smoke weed. I wouldn't say I smoked it heavily. Some, sometimes I've had heavy stints of smoking weed, like smoking an eighth a day. I mean, but for some people that's just the norm. Whereas now I can, I just have one or two a day. If I wake up in the morning and I've had a bad night's sleep, I'll have one in the morning. And before I'm going to bed, I 100% have a spliff because that's what makes me sleep clean through. You know what I mean? It, for me, it's a lot about sleep. Uh, and how it helps me then because obviously everyone has to go to bro like people finish work they go home they have a drink or people go home they fucking go to the gym you know what I mean but my, my thing is to come home and uh, like have a read have a write have a spliff and just chill you know what I mean just just be within my own company Uh, but it's regardless so yeah to my mum's point of kicking kicking me out because I smoked weed and things like that I think that should never, ever get to a, a, a point in someone's life. Like, obviously, I can understand my mum didn't like it. There was weed in her house, blah, blah, blah. But for me, what, from my perspective, what would you rather your child do? Be getting smashed every night till six in the morning, spending all the money that they've worked hard for, ruining the life, fucking... Because drinking also gets you up to the likes of... Uh, let's say sniffing cocaine. There's a lot of my friends. What I'll, I'll touch a drink and then they'll be like, ah, man, coke. Yeah. It's like, yeah. no, no. What are you on about? No, that that does nothing. Like it's fucked up drug. It gets you in bad, bad situations. A few of my mates are so fucking bad with the money and on shit like that. You know what I mean? And my mum could obviously say to me, yeah, James, but think about how much money you spend on weed. And I'm like. Yeah, but think about how much money you fucking spend on how many bottles of gin you drink in a week, you know what I mean? I, I have one a day, so if you want to accumulate it, it's probably £5 a day I'm spending, you know what I mean? It's, it's not a lot, and it, but that's all I was having. But for me to not be understood as to why I was smoking weed and to why I'd stopped going out, that was something that did hurt me quite a bit. Because Do you feel you know, like... So the, the quantity of weed that you smoke per day, or do smoke per day, do you feel like that's a lot? No. No. It's one, one spliff, which is 0.5 grams, or not, let's say 0.6, you know what I mean? But for me to have one, so what I couldn't understand, what I couldn't understand personally was, if I'd have t- told my mum I'd been smoking fags, I think she'd have possibly end ended up letting me smoke like at the back door and things like that but because i was smoking weed and i was having one spliff that's all it was you know what i mean i think it was the smell like sorry weed smells yeah but fuck me it smells good family i i think it smells nice because i smoke weed but to anyone else it's a very uh very overpowering smell and like i understand it did smell the house out and things like that but at the same time, I was at home, safe, not spending money and going to bed at a normal time. Mm-hmm. Not going out, getting off me 
face spending a one every night, you know what I mean? So, I mean, personally, when I grow up and I have kids and things like that, I know I'd much rather my kid come home stoned knowing that they're safe than coming home six in the morning, choked off the face, getting yeah. in the chaps up. True. I think, I think there's positives and negatives of both. Yeah, 100%, because obviously, if you have everything in moderation, it's okay. And I think that's maybe what my mum needed to understand that because I could own the argument I had with my mum is how can you talk to me about smoking one split a day when you have never enough of a full bottle of gin, right? Yeah, it's, uh, I guess you can. Do you know what I mean? And, uh, and if you don't want to understand that, fair enough. But trying to make someone understand that as well who doesn't even want to know is very hard. So, but thanks to my mum because. If she didn't have kicked me out, I'd not be where I am today. Like, I, I found my flat. She didn't kick me straight out, you know what I mean? My mum my mum gave me time to find my place. and to, My mum obviously helped me move out as well. Like, she was never just going to kick me out and put me on the street, you know what I mean? Like, the people who were, obviously don't know me and you. Uh, but, like, thanks to my mum for kicking me out and helping me find my own place. Because, obviously, now I've got no one to moan at me except from me, because, like, it's my, I've got my own place now where I can do what I want, and I don't have to struggle about going out, like, fair enough, she, I, I know, I know she doesn't like me still smoking at the end of the day, but I go, well, it's better than having a drink in my hand, and she'll go, well, no, James, but, and, but that's an argument that people will, are always gonna fucking live off, like, Alcohol does a lot worse to people than what weed does. So why is weed even? Why is alcohol even legal? And why is weed illegal? But yet they're giving. So it makes no sense to me how the government are allowing CBD products to come out. Uh, so you're allowed to use CBD oils on your face. You're allowed to smoke CBD weed, but uh, that's because it's not psychoactive. Obviously, you smoke THC in you end up feeling zoned, you end up feeling like you've fucking got the munchies, you can have the giggles, you can end up overthinking, blah, 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 you smoke too much, obviously. But everything in moderation is okay, do you know what I mean? Like, a lot of people say to me, oh, yeah, James, you're a big fucking pothead. I have one or two spliffs a day, you don't see me... When I go to work, I will not touch a spliff until I get home, you know what I mean? I won't touch anything in the morning, I wake up, I go to work, I fucking do whatever I can throughout the day to make sure my patients are okay and I make sure they've all smiled before I've left uh, I always say bye to my patients which not many members of staff do either like I always make because I don't know who's going to be there the day after I don't know what can happen through the night you know what I mean could be the last time I ever see that person on this planet you know what I mean so I always make sure I've said bye and things like that but for me it's because of the amount of stress I have to put up with at work being understaffed having lots of stuff to deal with obviously it's nice for me to come home roll a nice spliff and I can just chill you know what I mean I can put my feet up I can put my head back I can just relax but that that's that's what I like to do and that, I know that's not for everyone but I'd much rather do that than come home and fucking open a bottle of whiskey and you know, it's, that's not good for anyone and it never will be go on do you think you can wind down, as you said, when you've had a stressful day at work and you want to come home and smoke a spliff and chill out? Do you think you can wind down without having that spliff? 
I mean, yeah, and I could because obviously, like, I do come home and uh, I do meditate and I read and I try and have showers and things like that. But the thing for me is my sleep. If I don't, if I don't smoke, I'll wake up two or three times during the night and I have very, very interrupted sleep. Okay. And then that can be for stints like half an hour or 20, up to half an hour of me being awake, you know what I mean? So I'm not actually having a full night's sleep. So mm-hmm. the, the reason I smoke is because the spliff helps me sleep straight through, you know what I mean? And that, fair enough. I miss having dreams, fam. Yeah, because <laughs> that's, that's you, what... You smoke THC, you're not dreaming as much. Like, I'll have a dream every blue moon, you know what I mean? Uh, but that's the only sad thing, really. But it doesn't bother me that much because I know I still do a lot for myself mentally anyway. I still meditate and I still fucking writing my books when I need to. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of, like, mindfulness shit in, in my flat you know what i mean so i'm quite all right for shit like that but yeah do you, do you see any negative effects of your smoking weed uh yeah so it can make me quite uh unmotivated so let's say if i've got a day off i can wake up have a spliff and then just like feel like don't want to do anything today like no motivation but i don't take that as a negative effect either because if I want to sit on the couch all day and just chill all day, why the fuck can I not? You know, it's my life. If if I want to sit there and not move all day, that, that's my choice at the end of the day. That's what I want to be doing in that moment, you know what I mean? So, I mean, some days, obviously, I, I smoke and I think, oh, I'll do that in a minute. Whereas if I hadn't smoked, I'd have just got up and fucking did it. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that's the only negative thing about me smoking it smoking it because yeah sometimes it might just set me back a little bit and so i might want to start my day at like 12 o'clock but i'd end up starting at let's say three instead you know what i mean but that, that's that's it really but it can make me very uh sometimes like if i'm with a group of people sometimes if i'm smoking it can make me quite quiet and quite withdrawn from conversation and i'll just be there'll just be shit going on in my head which I don't need to talk about. It's just shit going on, you know what I mean? Uh, but that's it, really. The majority of the time, I'm always laughing and happy. But the thing with weed now is when I do smoke, it's setting my mind alive for things like lyrics because because I've started living in the present moment a lot more. When I smoke now, it kind of ignites a flame in my mind, which I'll, I'll instantly just put music on. It doesn't matter if the song has got words or it's an instrumental or it's a dance song or a drum and bass or whatever. I'll still try and be making words for that song. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And I know that's from me picking it up. And it doesn't need me to smoke the whole spliff. I can have five tokes and put it down and leave it for an hour. But then five tokes and five tokes I needed for that bit of like inspiration. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that, that that's how it helps me in a sense as well yeah what when did you first try weed i think i was probably 16 or 17 with one of my mates mitch uh and when i first first tried it i mean when when we got stoned as kids it was a different it was next level high uh but i never used to get stoned all the time as a kid i think 
maybe when I was about when they start full time blazing. <laughs> I think I think I got I think I got away from it. I, I think I got away with it because I started smoking. Maybe when a lot every day, or maybe a few times a week. Maybe when I was nineteen, mm-hmm. and then from nineteen to the age of twenty three, but from the age of nineteen to the age of twenty four, I got away with it quite a lot. Well. From the age of 23 to 24, I got bollocked all the time for smoking weed. But that's yeah. because it got to the point of it pissing down all the time. And I didn't want to, <coughs> I didn't want to walk to, to, let's say, didn't want want to walk to the beacon or to the subby, getting piss wet through to then have to get my weed out to roll it when I'm already wet, you know what I mean? So what I'd do is just roll it in my room to walk to the subby to smoke it, to come home. Um, but my mum would always fume at the smell. Uh, fair enough, I can understand it smells and I sprayed before I went home but at the end of the day I did what I had to do because that's the person I was at that time, you know what I mean I didn't want to go out getting smashed up all day every day and I was trying to better myself, in which I did Yeah, how do you feel mentally from getting smashed all the time compared to now where you just probably say minimal I can have a drink once every so often yeah, so how, how many how often do you drink, let's say, per month? Is it even a... Uh, well, so the, last month I drank, what, two or three times, but that was because it was my birthday. Mm. Uh, and before that, I think the last time I drank was Creamfields. Uh, so it's about two months. But, like, when I have a drink now, like, I can understand why I don't drink. Like, because the day after you've got, you feel shit, you want to be sick. You fucking heads banging. You feel like sh- you feel like shit for it can can be up to fucking three days now. You know what I mean? I'm 25 now and if I have a hangover now, bro, it's awful. It's not like being 18 where you could wake up and go and have another yeah. four sessions. You know what I mean? Uh, so that's why I don't like drinking. I'd much rather sit in, chill, and do things what in which I can remember because alcohol has that po- point in which once you've had one too many your head's completely gone and you wake up and you think how the fuck did I end up here you know what I mean and that that's that's the part what I don't like like no matter how much weed I smoke I'm always going to remember what I did whereas if if I drink loads and loads of alcohol which I used to I used to wake up what let's say three nights out of seven not remembering what the fuck I'd done and who I'd been with or where I'd been or how I'd got home I used to come home in some stage you know what I mean I came home from home me with fucking uh no shoes on, a pair of pants, no boxies, a tea, ta- tea towel wrapped around my neck, no t-shirt or nothing. And that was in the middle of December and I stood at my door knocking whilst I had my keys in my hands to my mum to open the door to give me a clip around the ear, you know what I mean? And then obviously once I had my keys in my hand and decided to get the ladder out the back garden to climb into my own bedroom window and then kick the ladder over to get stuck in the fucking window. Do you <laughs> know what I mean? And would you ever see me doing that stoned? No. Would you see me doing that pissed? Of course, because I've already fucking done it. You know what I mean? And it's shit like that. So that's why I don't drink it. Well, I, try, I don't drink as much as I did. Because what, what's the fucking point? It's just going to fucking ruin my life. And I know it's not good for me as well. And that's why I'd rather smoke. And people can go, oh, yeah, smoking's not good for you. Well, if you saw the amount of tobacco in which I put in this spliff, you'd go, right, maybe. Fair enough. You know what I mean? It's the littlest bit. So basically, I'm smoking next next to what a blunt every time, but 
so so fucking what? There's no hardly any fucking tobacco in there. I think there's definitely side effects from smoking weed, though. I think there is, more of a, a mental um, side effect, especially for people under the age of 25. I think when you're in that age group from, let's say, from let's say 10 to 25, your brain's still developing. It's like the frontal area of your brain is still developing, and when you start smoking weed, it, it's there's a higher chance of people in that age group to develop uh, schizophrenia in later life because the brain's still developing and you, you smoke. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I can un- understand it, but that's that's uh, that, that's what I would call addiction. Whereas I said I take everything in moderation. So I've never been the kind of person to sit there all day smoking weed all day. I mean, I could probably say I was addicted to drinking at one point because, bro, I was going out seven nights a fucking week. You know what I mean? I would never say, fair enough, people can say, my mum and people have said, oh, well, why don't you just stop them? Because I don't want to, you know what I mean? It's not because I'm addicted and I couldn't not. I mean, I could. I could stop smoking weed today and just think, oh, yeah, I'll not do it. Do you know what I mean? But it's the fact that I know it helps me. Yeah. It's well, my sleep and my own mental sanity, you know what I mean? If, if you can think that, okay, does this cause me a problem? And if you can go, well, okay, it's caused me a problem here and it would benefit me of stopping, then you'd probably go, okay, well, I'll stop. But if, if you genuinely think that it's not going to cause you a problem and you can just continue being doing what you like, what you want to be doing, the smoking weed, then yeah, there's no problem with doing it. Sometimes it's also like, well, if you're getting criticised by people who are saying, like, oh, you're a pothead and you smoke weed all the time, it's like, well, at the same time, sometimes it's like, well, what the fuck's it got to do with you? Sometimes it's like, if you, if you want to be smoking weed and it's not causing a problem to other people, or yourself, then doesn't really fucking matter. I think that's probably a good way to not even justify you, what you're doing. It's just that's that's what's happening right now. Yeah. I did that with when I did um, LSD because I was thinking like I was justifying it in my head. I was comparing it to like when my brother would go out and do drugs and he'd come home and we might have to know he might fucking be fucked up or whatever and annoy everyone. And I started to think, I was like, hang on a minute, I've just taken a tab of acid. I've not done anything negative to anybody i've not harmed anybody i've not even potentially spoken to anybody you try showing a lot of love to people when you let's say tripping balls or you try to be very understanding and very careful yeah. like put it that way bro when i was tripping balls i had to walk into your gaff to sit on your couch to fucking aladdin being played on the tv with the genie you know what i mean and to me i just went the universe has told me i need to make a wish tonight you know what i mean that that's how I had to fucking see things, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, yeah. yeah, so I, I think that it's just, it's more, it's culturally acceptable for us. For example, in Wigan, if you're going to go out and be drinking and getting pissed, it's very likely that you're going to go to the toilets and get a bag of coke. And it's just like... Oh, you end up walking to the churchyard and people do yeah, yeah. over there going, what a kind lad. And you're like, fuck off. No, fam, do a fuck. You know what I mean? disagreements with people who are saying oh you better you better be careful with that fucking acid like it'll make your head go loopy and it's yeah, the same like, me, me and matty went to a rave the other week uh and some lads obviously asked matt matty Quarren, would it be in his first time that you'd done acid uh and the lad said to matty oh you guys be careful doing that you don't want me doing that in public blah 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 and i looked at matty because obviously i had took acid as well i said to matty if you let him influence anything what's going on in your mind right now, I'll fucking jab him in the neck. And he said, why? I said, 
because he's scared, bro. I said, you you are now in a different class to him. I said, Matty, he's sat there fucking sniffing coke or cat or whatever he's sniffing. I said, he's trying to prank you because he's not got the balls to try and better it because obviously I take psychedelics in the aid of trying to better myself as a person because I think in essence that's what they are they are healing it's a healing drug if you take it it is gonna heal you in some way shape or form that's 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 what I see psychedelics so I said to him don't let him influence anything what's happening like in your mind right now you know what I mean if you want to go and have a good trip bro you go and have a good trip and for Matty I'd never seen him dance the way he was dancing or him enjoy himself the he's way he was now. pardon he's done it now yeah so i'd never seen him enjoy himself like he was doing at a rave of which the music he necessarily might not have liked or i mean at one point i i got to a point may have like i was just standing in a, a room fuckload of people but no one was moving and there was no music so for me i had to go because i thought i was in march of the penguins you know what i mean i was like Ed's going here, and but for me, that that's a very good thing to do. I took it upon myself to leave and take myself out of that situation whilst being under the influence of acid. Yeah, I still got home. Fair enough, I got the wrong train, you know what I mean? But I still got home that night. I was still fine and nothing bad happened to me. So yeah. it, when people have, like, as I say, I think it's a big ego. Like, you're shrouded by your own ego when you end up trying to... Because obviously... We were both at a rave. We were a group of mates at a rave and someone tried to put Matty on the downer or tried to spangle his brain whilst under the influence of psychedelics. And that's never what you want. When you're under psychedelics, you do not want someone saying like, oh, yeah, bro, it's going to fuck your head up. Right? Jesus Christ, like, you're doing that at a rave. You best be careful. And Matty obviously looked at me as if to say, is he being serious, him? And I was like, Matty, if you listen to him, like I'm, I'll slap him right now. You know what I mean? Because why, why should that happen to anyone? Like that was his first time in taking proper psychedelics, and then he's got some, some random kid who's wired off his tits. Going, <laughs> okay. No, I mean, he's yeah. You've got someone there sniffing cocaine, thinking that he's better than you because you took a ten pound tab of acid, which is changing your life, bettering yourself. Yeah. So, so yeah, it. it, it, it it does blow my mind as how people are to psychedelics or towards psychedelics. Yeah. I mean, sorry, bro. Sorry. Blanket, lad, it's cold. But yeah, fucking, I don't understand why people are so, uh, like, they point the finger at people who do psychedelic drugs, like, what the yeah. fuck? I, I, just, I just think it's because it's more accepted in society to... To do cocaine? Yeah, and, it's, and, it's... and get pissed, but you'd rather not. You against people who are going to smoke weed and do things which are good for themselves, like magic mushrooms. You know. What I mean? So that's what I was saying. Is that I've, I've had a disagreement with someone who was saying that same thing to me. Who just would always be every time I'd see him, he'd be fucked up on coke. And when you when you really start to think of like cocaine and how it's made and how like unethical that is. Where it's made in some third world country, fucking get a mix of all sorts of shit. Then it gets to the drug dealer in the UK, and that's getting bashed with loads of shit. And you're buying it, and you just, you, who's more paranoid, someone on acid or a cokehead? It's a fucking cokehead, yeah. Fucking, a cokehead twitching the windows. I mean, like when when I've done coke in the past, initially it's like, oh, this is pretty fucking fun. But the... I, see, for me, I I've never 
Sorry, Mum. <laughs> but but obviously, as a kid, you, you are open to trying most things because obviously you don't know what it is. You don't know what it's going to do to you. Fair enough, people t- tell you, oh, yeah, it's bad if you take it. But obviously, at the end of the day, you're still going to fucking try it, aren't you? But for me, it never... I, ne- obviously, I think I, I've tried it a few, t- few times, but never have I took it or never have I gone out my way to buy a bag. Uh, like I don't understand that buzz. What people get out of it, like my ex used to say, my ex who cheated on me used to say she, she used to take it because it used to sober her up on a night out. And I'm like, but, but, but she was very uh when she sniff, it'd make her very angry as well. And I'd be like, why is this something that you that you want to do? <laughs> like yeah. it's making you angry. Can you not see? And to be fair, I went watching the. Uh, I went watching Groove Armada on, on the docks not so long ago. Uh, just with a few mates. Uh, I ended up going there and I took a tab of acid, mate, because why not? I'm at a rave. I'm going to enjoy myself listening to fucking Groove Armada. But there was a group of people in front of us who were like, they were heavy on it, put it, put it that way. They, they all they all had what an eight ball in the pocket and they were all fucking sniffing it. They all had fucking coke dripping from the septums, you know what I mean? Uh and when all the music went quiet and they were having like a music changeover, all these all these cokeheads are obviously all charged up, you know what I mean? And a few of them end up bumping into each other. And guess what happens after that, bro? There's a big brawl in front of us all. And I'm sat there, me thinking fuck is going on and obviously they're all scrapping there's limbs everywhere digs getting thrown and i'm just thinking if you'd have all took a tab of acid you'd not all be scrapping right now you'd all be fucking telling each other how much you love each other fucking all embracing the love that of what you should be giving but because because you're all sat there beat fucking brody and when i say they were shoveling it in they were shoveling it in all of them. There must have been 15 of them, you know what I mean? Whack, 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 every fucking two minutes. Bro, I was like, what the fuck are you even getting out of that? Like, I, I've spent 10 quid, mate, and I, I, I'm having fun for 12 hours. You're spending 210 quid there, and you're getting yourself into a scrap, leaving with a black eye, and you're not having a good time. Like, I know who I would rather be in this moment, you know what I mean? I think... But in their moment, when they're doing coke. <laughs> in their moment, fair enough, maybe yeah. you, you want to get angry and punch people's heads in. Yeah, yeah that's, in that's your, not me, bro. Yeah, in your moment on acid, you want to tell people how much you love them. Their moment on coke, they're just charged up and they're full of energy. Like, yeah, fucking let's go, let's go, let's go. And that's the that's just the different effects that coke and LSD has. People could take LSD and have an awful experience. I'm not going to say that every person who's going to take psychedelics is going to have an amazing experience. I don't no, think. No, but yeah, I've had good and bad experiences. I think it's the same with coke. Some people could just do that and be absolutely fine. I've just learned that me doing that wasn't good for me. Same with drinking. Yeah, like- yeah, same. So same as me drinking alcohol and same as like coke. It. None, none of it is good for me because alcohol makes me do things which I wouldn't do within myself anyway. Uh, coke makes me just... Well, I don't take coke because when I do take it, or if I ever... When I've gone near it in the past, the one thing that I've realised after I've took it is I've just gone, why the fuck have I even done that? Like, yeah. what the fuck am I even doing? Like, what? And the, guess what? The reason that the most times I have cocaine is when, guess what? I've had a drink. And yeah. you think... 
and, and that's why I don't drink because it's not me. I, I don't want to go out to fucking end up shoveling shit up my nose, which is then going to make me paranoid and depressed the day after. And it could possibly, well, it's never had that influence on me, but could possibly get me to that point in which I want to be pissed off and start fighting. It's not me at all. Like, I couldn't ever think about laying a finger on anyone, you know what I mean? But just even that thought of me getting angry just to fucking start fuming at someone, like, no thanks. <laughs> it's, it's not me. There's some people who, who do coke and don't get like that at all. I think... I mean, yeah, but, like, that's one thing I wish my mum would have, like, listened to me. Like, everyone is different. Like, my, my mum can sit there and drink this gin all, all the time and sit there and we can both... Like, you'd sit, sit at home, my mum and my dad, and just be fucking glued to the phones. And they used to wonder why I used to go upstairs all the time to my room. Because why Why am I going to sit downstairs when all three of you just sat there, just fucking stuck to this device, stuck in the Matrix, you know what I mean? No one was saying anything anyway. Like, my mum my has asked me to go home today, and I mean, obviously, it would be nice to go home and see my mum. I don't know what she's going to do, because she just said she taking that PCR test but I mean a, a lot of the things at home did add up for me like obviously I started spending a lot more time in my room because I, I used to sit downstairs and no one had talked to me anyway they'd all just be on the phones it got to a point where I was coming home from work and my tea hadn't been made if I didn't get picked up from work Obviously, I worked in Wigan. The only bus after 8 o'clock was the 9 o'clock bus. It takes me an hour to get home from Wigan, so I was getting home at 10 o'clock. Then having to make my own tea and be up at 6 in the morning for work the next day. You know what I mean? So there was a lot of things at home that did eventually end up pissing me off. You know what I mean? I think, I think though, that, I don't know, not being, having to make your own tea, I think that... No, but when you're included in a family and you're coming home from a 12-hour fucking shift, bro, and you happen to make your own way home, the least you expect is your tea to be in the fucking microwave or in well, the warming drawer. Potentially, yes. That when you're paying rent for there's it as well. There's also considerations of whatever your mum is doing for work, whatever your dad's doing for work. It's like, it's just as a... When you're in a family, it's like, it's obviously you want to be like as a team working together. Yeah, not, we do. Not, but at that moment not, in time, we were just four individuals. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's as a team, and you would have appreciated that happening. But I also think as you get older, past a certain age, rea whereas reality comes into play, it's like you, as your mum probably pushed you to move out, I think that was just slowly building up on you anyway, where you started to see, yeah. like, okay, well, I've got to come home and do this. It, it would be easier for you to move out and move to Wigan, which is what you've yeah, done. Yeah, which is what I've done, in, in essence, isn't it? So that that's why I was saying, obviously, thanks to you, my mum, because obviously I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for, you know what I mean? Like, if my dad would have said, uh, yeah, I'm kicking you out, my mum would have been like, nah, what the fuck are you doing? Like, that's my son, you know what I mean? But my mum's my mum. Like, if she d didn't like it, like, that that's final, you know what I mean? But hopefully now my mum does understand, like, if she is going to watch this, you know what I mean? She is going to understand why I did what I did and I am a lot better now than what I have ever been. Me right now is a leap to what I've ever been in the past. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Well, I'd say there's a good Matt DeMarco lyric, and it says, like, uh, what mum doesn't know has taken its toll on me. 
think it's fucking brilliant that because it's like saying there's so much things that you well, know yeah because you do you do want to tell your mom everything at the end of the day you know what i mean and there's things that obviously what you don't tell your mom about and yeah because you've not vented that that thing because i think your mom to everyone or most people is the most important person in life i know man man's probably man like but you never want to disappoint him or put a foot wrong by them you know what i mean and I think obviously me smoking weed, yeah, fair enough. It didn't uh, didn't make her happy, and it could have disappointed her. At the time, I didn't want her to think like, oh yeah, my son's a fucking dickhead. Like, uh, started smoking the walkie backy James. You know what I mean? That's that's never that was never my intention. I never wanted to hurt her, but I just wanted her to understand the reason in which I did smoke weed or have tried psychedelics. You know what I mean? Maybe she might watch this. So, say hello, lad. <laughs> that, that's what will be happening to me in the next few couple of days. <laughs> nah, but my mum, my mum is very understanding anyway, so she'd she'd probably be able to see see that side and be like, Do you know what, James, if you're happy now and you've done what you've needed to do, fair enough. You know what I mean? And but yeah, mum, we are me and Eddie are gonna take you on a psychedelic mushroom trip. <laughs> see you in the woods, motherfucker. <laughs> Me and your mum are going to be doing DMT in the Amazon rainforest anytime soon. I mean, DMT is probably the next step for me and you. <laughs> DMT yeah, or ayahuasca, because, yeah, that is something I do want to experience as well, because that is meant to be kind of meeting the maker. Yeah, I think that, so now what I'm doing is a complete teetotal year. Yeah, yeah because I've, I said to you, I don't know if it was recording or not, but I'll say it again, that... So I, I was I was initially not drinking and I started drinking again. So I didn't drink for a year and eight months. But then what, during this time when I wasn't drinking, I was still smoking weed sometimes and taking psychedelics sometimes randomly. There was no, it's gonna no structure. Yeah. It's just, it just complete random, probably similar to smoking weed. But I always felt guilty to my own, to myself because I was like, okay, I'm not drinking, but I'm doing this. And it was like, it felt like I was justifying my actions rather than what I actually wanted to do in was to do a year total, but I kept like pushing myself back. So once I started drinking again and I realised, oh, this is fucking bullshit, I decided just to completely stop on everything. And I haven't, I haven't felt the need to be doing it. And I've, I think my personal reason for that is because of the change of circumstances, as I was saying to you before, is that I'm living in a different country there's constantly something to be doing, whether it be a jam session or open mic or even Walking going the town shit like that. or just going somewhere else. Like the, the public transport while being in a capital city, you can just go fucking to the different side of the city within 30 minutes. Or there's a, there's a tram stop right outside the house. And it's like you can be, it's like you're constantly moving. So I feel like with that change of lifestyle, it's, pushed away the thought of like getting fucked up or like wanting to do drugs but once I, I think once I do the ATT total I'm, I'm, I might go to either Amsterdam and they probably do some do some mushrooms or do some psychedelics because I think the, the only thing I'm gonna which I don't mind doing would be psychedelics or weed but I'm not even that bothered anymore I guess I, I just feel like there's no urge for me to be doing it I've because I'm out of that, I'd say, random routine. It's like, yeah, let's smoke weed. And I've put 
uh, rules to myself where I can't do things where I can't do the drugs, I can't drink. Because I've put them rules to myself, there's no desire for me to do it. And there's no like, oh, I wish I could fucking get fucked up. I I think now that that's when once I started drinking again, before that I was sometimes I'd go, oh, I wish I could go out and have a few pints or something. And it would be like momentarily. It would be momentarily I'd want to have a few drinks. Whereas now it's just I don't even feel a requirement for it. And I'm not sure if that's been driven from taking different drugs. So, for example, for taking acid or taking magic mushrooms or smoking weed, if that's taken me out of that, or if it's just the ch- the change of lifestyle, I think... Well, I've, yeah, I've, I'd probably say it's got something to do with the psychedelics because the first time we did psychedelics, like, you were very much like, oh, yeah, I don't want to fucking drink alcohol no more, don't want to do this no more, don't want to go fucking wasting all my money no more, you know what I mean? And well, you have done it. You you've done a year previous where you have gone teetotal, like not drinking no alcohol and things like that. So I hundred percent do think it did have something to do with you taking psychedelics because that was the intention of what you'd set yourself before you did it anyway. And then after it, that's what you implemented that you didn't want to drink. There was definitely. Like, so I do think it has something to do with it. There was definitely a correlation. Because the third, the third time I'd done magic mushrooms, the first time was with my ex, then it was with Ben, and the third time again was with Ben. And I, I, I spoke about this on the podcast with Ben. Is that I turned to him and just started laughing, and I was like, well, I don't like drinking. I was like, why, why do I drink? And we were both just laughing. He's like, I don't fucking know why you do it. He's like, you just do it. But I, it felt like my whole personality back then was drinking it was like oh that's eddie he likes to get fucked up he likes to be drinking whereas now it's just like i can't even associate myself with it i just can't imagine wanting to go for a pint or wanting to go anywhere it's just like there's no desire to be in that situation anymore so i think that yeah i will give it credit i will give credit to psychedelics that they've influenced my decision to go tito yeah well i'm doing it for i am doing this for charity actually so i'm doing it i've got a just giving page i should i should have probably spoke about this at the start. yeah we, we, we shouldn't put this at the start look. so the the charity is uh mind the mental health one so i think from my own personal circumstances and a family a relative of my family having psychosis that was the initial because I'd, I'd, I'd done being sober before and I've wanted to do a podcast I thought well I might as well try and like raise some money for it as well so I don't I don't know what other things I can do to raise money but the main doing, uh, things like sponsored walks or we could make we could set up like a mindfulness uh, page or like a mindfulness group where we could have like a and meet every so when you are back home or even with the people that are over there obviously i could start it here you could have to schedule like one day a week where you meet up with people and you just have like a mindfulness session where you just obviously instructing people on how to focus on the breath and how to how to just relax if anything you know what i mean how to just give themselves 10 15 minutes of 
freedom out of whatever's going on in the world and just let everything in here unfold. You know what I mean? Because that's just your, your database. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It's your Excel spreadsheet, lad. It is, lad. It is. So have you ever been to a mindfulness session? Where's that idea come from? Yeah, yeah. So I, I've been to a Reiki healing session uh, before, which was like a one-to-one. Uh, and it was very insightful because of the, the stuff what she was doing. I mean, fair enough, I knew for a fact she was just playing um, like a, a mindfulness track from a phone to behind my head, you know what I mean? But it was how how comfortable she made me feel and the, the stuff she was obviously saying, she was because obviously you've got your seven chakras, seven chakras, she was saying I had a few blockages from where like I had a few anxieties and a few things I'd not let go of and a few things I needed to like improve on this, that and the other. Uh, but just being able to sit there for an hour, not saying nothing, just focusing on your breath, uh, it kind of makes you realise that, I mean, for some people, I mean, obviously, I, I love my job, I love helping people, I love seeing people getting better, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, if anything, it made me realise that I don't necessarily need to do that job if I didn't want, like, if I if I want, wanted to just meditate for the rest of my life, I literally could, I could just start going to work and I could, like, you don't have, like, you don't, I just thought, uh, am I saying this? So I realised in my mind that I wasn't, born to just work my entire life like I wasn't so if I don't want to work I don't have to work but I have to work now because I've got stuff to pay for yeah such as the flat and such as things this that and the other you know what I mean but it made me think that like oh yeah so I am just literally a brain inside the body and I, I need to be open with everyone kind of thing, you know what I mean? I need, like, if I've got something on my mind, it's best me getting it off my mind so it's not in there bringing me down. That makes sense. Uh, but I think uh, with the, like, Reiki session that I went on, I think it would be beneficial for everyone because it was just an hour in which seemed like 10 minutes of which I wasn't thinking about nothing, nothing to bring me down it was all uplifting you know what I mean and there's different so I've started doing something called Wim Hof recently which is this fellow from Iceland but he, he does all this mad stuff with his breathing like he sits in like a block of ice for like 12 hours just breathing and things like that but I've started doing this Wim Hof because I realised recently I wasn't really able to hold my breath for that long I don't, don't know what I was doing but I couldn't hold my breath for long I think I was holding it for 30 seconds but within, within a week, I was holding my breath for up to three minutes. Uh, and jar, during, like, this meditation of which, like, he has on his YouTube, my body was doing all sorts of fucking mad things what I'd never, just from breathing, what I didn't expect my body to be doing. Like, I felt like I was vibrating. I was getting, like, these fucking tones through my ears, which sounded like fucking, like, clock bells and things like that. But... That's just what's happening through my own body, through meditating. And when I'm coming out of this meditative state, I'm feeling like a lot happier or like I've been taught a lesson in my own mind or something or I've let go of something or I've gained something, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? So I think meditation is beneficial for everyone every day, at least 
fit 10, 10, 15 minutes. Well, it's probably most beneficial as soon as you wake up because you go through uh, different phases of sleep. But when you wake up, it's most beneficial to start your day by meditating because you're starting, that means you're starting the day with a clear mind. You've got nothing holding you back from yesterday. You know what I mean? Uh, and I always think meditating before you go to bed is very good as well, at least at the start. And if you can fit anything in through the day, like if you realise you just sat there doing fuck all, spend a few few moments with yourself, closing your eyes, breathing, just, you know what I mean? So it, it is nice to be able to, to do things like that. But with me being, pardon me, with me being a given person, it I think, obviously, that, that would be good for us to start. Well, and I know for me, it's one thing that I've considered quite recently, uh, starting my own, like, meditation workshop or something like that because i feel i like i'm never going to be 100 percent happy uh i think when i am it'll probably like i'll i'll say oh yeah i fucking made it blah 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 you know what i mean but for me at this moment in time because i am quite happy and i'm quite content regardless of the shit that, that i've been through like i've never let it bring me down and i've never let myself lose myself um it's nice to give back, so because I feel like I'm happy. I don't want people to sit there thinking, "Oh yeah, like my life really is shit." Like I, I, I can't move from the place in which I am. You know what I mean? And we could be the people to kind of help them understand that it's not all of, not all about doom and gloom. You know what I mean? Not all about doom and gloom when you're scrambling on a mushroom, bro. <laughs> But you know, you know what I mean. Like, like I, 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 I think my end game, one hundred percent, is knowing that I'll have helped a lot of people, and I know already I've helped hundreds, hundreds of people, maybe even thousands, because of the work that I've done. You know what I mean? But I want to help people on a fucking massive scale, mate. So people go, do you know what? He was fucking right, him. He, he was right. This is how you're happy, and this is how you don't want to think about negative things and shit like that. Because, I, I mean, I, I can sit there and say to people, oh, yeah, but it's just a thought, this, that, and the other. But if I don't believe it, why the fuck should you? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, if I can be so happy, why the fuck can't you? So I, I think my end game is uh, me making a fuckload of people happy. Yeah. So what's yeah, do you, what, you would be able to do that? I don't know. Well, we've just said we would possibly. Well, do you know, it, it's for me. I don't know how it's going to happen because I can't read the future. I can only live in the present at the moment and obviously work on me day by day. But I don't know how that's going to unfold. Hopefully, I, I could make people understand through my music and the shit that I say. But me also starting like a meditation group would also be beneficial because people there can or like a mindfulness group because people are going to be able to get things off the chest. And within that group, though, you could hold your own open mic sessions where people are going to, because like I think about ideas and thoughts and how the fuck do, 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 I, do I, did I get that idea? How the fuck did I make that song the other day? all your thoughts just come from one big universal thought in it because if you think about it if you think there's a brain above our brains which is just a universal thought 
there's millions of spectrums of light which ping down to each each individual's brain which gives you a different thought to anyone else on this planet so i've made a song called foggy which no one on this planet has ever heard or ever listened to and has never been like reciprocated you know what i mean and that's one thought out of universal thought which has come just to me and i i made that and it's never been done you know what i mean so i think i think that because we're constantly interacting with people and we're constantly having small small interactions or you see something a billboard or you speak to somebody i think that all these interactions that you have mean something and they shape the way that you think so i think that okay you you've created this this thing whether it be through an instrumental and the words that you've put together but i think for the course of your life that you've picked up on words and you've picked on up on certain things that you like and you've picked up on what you think might work together well but you've put that together creatively so i i, I personally don't think that there is um like uniqueness of like that one person's individual thought i think that it's a collectiveness of like a yeah, that's what i'm saying and it's so your thoughts all come from one universal thought you're just lucky enough that it came to you as an idea because it didn't come to me bro i didn't move to prague you did mm-hmm. you know what i mean so that's a individual thought from whatever's going on way way up here in the subconscious I, uh, I don't know if see, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's an individual thought. I think well, it's individual as in the sense of it's individual to you, but it's collective because it's come from a universal place. Yeah, well, I'd say it's collective because I've spoken to people about like what's going on in my life, or oh, I'm interacting, I'm talking to this girl who I met in Czech Republic, and then I'll like give that people. Maybe I got a positive response from people, and because I've got a positive response. I've further pursued it or maybe I've been curious about it and I've pursued the relationship further and then it's just like rolled into where mm. where I am now is Prague because well the situation was that's where my girlfriend lives yeah. it was either continue with long distance or was it bite the bullet and take the chance and it was like well if what, I, what have you got to lose yeah and it, I, I think it's played out pretty fucking good I, when I that's a good uh, fucking answer. <laughs> I'd be glad if you didn't say that. <laughs> I just want to come home, James. <laughs> I'm depressed. I'm so sad. No, no. So I think initially it was getting used to. So I finished my job and then. The it, it is. I mean, big, big props to you, Eddie. It's a big, uh, a big, big commitment jump. But just don't, uh, don't go texting no sugar mummies. And don't fuck her off and move into some bitches. <laughs> no, I don't think I would do that. Lad. I mean, my uh, my visa is tied in with my girl, with the relationship with my girlfriend. So, like, I think that these kind of things give you a, a you kind of grow up a bit quicker than yeah. relationships because, like, I don't I don't want to take this relationship for granted anyway. But I feel like, say, if I'm back at home. And maybe an interaction I might have with someone, you could take that for granted because it's like there's not as much stake in the relationship. Whereas with me and Christina, we love each other very much, but there's also 
a lot at stake with the relationship. Do you get what I mean? It's like, well, if we, if we split up in the future, if you split, you're kind of fucked, yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot, there's a lot at stake, but that then puts constraints on the relationship, and people can, I think people can have like a, too much of a negative outlook on that, and say, oh, I don't, I want to be in a relationship where I'm like free to do whatever I want to be doing, and it's like, okay, but if you want to be in a relationship where you're free to do whatever you want to do, there's also the reality of you probably want to spend time with your girlfriend if you're with them or not and then don't see that if you if you don't then what's the point of being with them but you have to make certain sacrifices to like your life decisions so for example when i was back the other week it was like i was able to see my family and friends and it was like because i've been that far away from uh like the last time i'd been in the uk was over four months ago and then i was in again it was like I started seeing things in a different way because it's like my things at home were still relatively similar and then like I'd see my friends and it was kind of like, oh, well, I actually have this life back at home as well that I have to manage. So that then puts constraints on what I want to pursue in the future because now I've been thinking, do I want to do a remote job? Do I want to pursue a remote job? Because as much as I like my job, all the visa stuff and the trade license shit, all this external things that I didn't expect, is quite stressful so would it be easier for me to have a remote job where i could be here for two weeks come home for a week it's like so i can't remember what i can't remember what started this conversation off but the word i was getting to a point and the point is just fucking gone to be honest so it's all right bro it's what it is man but yeah it's all pretty good at the moment well good I think it was a big thing when when you obviously told me that you were moving. It was a big thing. So obviously, being one of your best, closest mates, I was like, "What the fuck?" Like I I remember saying to you, "Like, are you sure this is a good <laughs> a good idea, bro?" But I'd never seen I'd never seen that look in your eye before because at that moment, like I knew you were like destined to go. Like you were, the look you gave me, it was like, bro, like. I, fucking going and I'm fucking doing it you know what I mean and at that moment I thought you know what bro like I'm fucking proud of you because you've stuck to your guns you've said you're going you're fucking going you got there now and you're fucking having the time of your life bro you know what I mean like I, I've got no bad qualms to say about the situation like I gonna be happy for you I'm happy you found a nice girl who's treating you nice and you're living in a nice place with a nice town with nice people who jam except the Irish girl who walks around with the fucking finger up at you prick but yeah you know what I mean? Like, it's very. I I've got a lot of time for seeing my mates do well. So yeah, like, big big love, bro. Like, you smashing it, lad. I also think that, that what's what's the point? Of having, what's the point of having a negative interaction with people who you consider your friends? Okay, you can clash, but if you like, if you're purposely putting someone down, because most of us have to go to fucking work every day and do some job that we don't like and they have to deal with people that we don't like. I realistically, if you could, most of the time you'd want to spend with people who you genuinely you like. You do, do, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't want to be surrounded by people. Some people at work you might not get along with. So I, I just don't see what's the point of out being outside of work, being a bellend, which I've, I've done in the past. For example, when I would be drinking, there was like... I remember meeting this, uh, it was like a f- friend of a friend, and it was like, 
it was a girl and she was it wasn't anything Serious. yeah well it was it wasn't even a date or anything well i just like met her once and i was just being an asshole to her like a few years ago and so just... was that you or was it the alcohol because people can say oh yeah i had a drink obviously i've had exes there who've cheated on me and said oh yeah but i had a drink and i've gone yeah but like only you know yourself well i i think if you cheat it, Cheating relationship and you bevied, you fucking, you just twatted in the head anyway, you know what I mean? But no, I don't think there's. I, but for drinking alcohol and talking shite, I, I'm very good at that too. So I can understand why you might have spoke shit on whilst you were bevied, but if you were just being like, rude just... and nasty anyway, yeah, yeah, that that that's personal. Yeah, it was just, I, I think I'd recently come out of a relationship and then I just had this attitude where I was like, oh, fucking, we're all girls with fucking swimming, blah, 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 all that shit. And I was just like, first time I met this person, everyone else was saying, oh, she's dead nice. And I was just being a cunt to her. Um, I can't remember her name, so I'd apologise. If I'd seen her, yeah. I recognise her. Yeah, if, if she's watching to all the... Uh... I, I highly doubt it. I, um, but, yeah... I think that, that I don't know if that, I don't think that was alcohol. I was drinking and I was getting more pissed, but I was just in that time frame. I was just being fucking miserable and like uh, asshole with people. And then now like, I've started to think like, what's the point of being like that outside of even in work or outside of work? What's the point of being like yeah, that? Yeah, the, the way I see it now is you never know what you never know what's going on in someone else's life. So yeah. and th- yeah, that's happened to me very recently because. I've got a mate there who's been going through quite an hard time, but hasn't necessarily spoken to anyone about it. And me being the person I am, because he didn't reply or anything, like I went out my way to obviously, I was like, are you sure you're okay? Like, why are you not replying? And because they didn't reply, I went out my way to message like the, the brother, because it was unlike them to reply, you know what I mean? Uh, and it got to a point that I said to the likes of Matty, like, what, what the fucking hell's going on? Like, it's not, not like them not to talk to us. Like, we've been fucking best mates for fucking God knows how long, you know what I mean? And then, obviously, when this person has come round and eventually messaged me and told them what's been going on, I've been thinking, like, shit. Like, I've sat there messaging you, near enough every day, trying to get you to talk, and you've just told me what's going on, and now I can completely 100% understand why you didn't even fucking want to talk. You know what I mean? And I felt like a dick for being so pushy and being like, are you okay? Are you okay? Like, talk to me. Like, you know what I mean? Because that's the pers- I hate knowing people are suffering in silence. I think that's what it was for me. But then to hear what had been actually going on, I was like, ah, like what the fuck, I didn't even know that was going on in his life, you know what I mean, so I think what I've learned recently is never never try and think that no one else isn't going through shit, because regardless of your situation, someone else's can be ten times fucking worse to what you're going through, you know what I mean, so there's no point in being nasty to anyone that you don't know or you do know, like even people who are nasty to you that the most annoying thing for them is that when you're going to be still nice to them, if that makes sense, you know what I mean? Uh, so, yeah, I try being nice to everyone I see, regardless whether a twat cunt just fucking do my head in. Like, I still try and be nice to the utmost in which I can. Uh, 
but yeah, I, I just think uh, people do need to be a, not like a, a lot nicer to each other. Mm. Mm. That, dude, I don't understand people that just go out the way to make people feel shit as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's fucking it's a miserable attitude towards life. Yeah. Also, just uh... a. <laughs> I mean, you shouldn't, and that's not the way to go, but. If you do feel like you are lost and you do need some inspiration to find yourself, that's what I'd be doing. <laughs> All right, we'll, uh, we'll end it there, I think. I think we've gone Yeah, it's a, a, a good, good chat, lad. Yeah, finally got it done. Two hours down the line. Yeah. Probably, <laughs> probably three when you it, put it all together. It's even longer because it cut off at the start. Right, anyway, I'll just stop recording. Right.